It will never not be as funny. It's the fact that it's a still image and I don't blink in it. It's just that makes it even creepier. I love it. I love it so much. Welcome back to Kind of Funny's Avatar in Review. That's right. We're ranking, reviewing, and recapping every movie in James Cameron's Avatar franchise. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes, and I am joined by the Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. Good morning. It's Christmas Happy in minute. December. Joy Noel. I think it's afternoon. It's 12. Whoa. It's been well, a day I'm already. It's only noon. Wow. Mm -hmm. The producer slash producer, Nick Sarpino. I see you. I see you, Nick. I see you. We stop seeing each other. And who else I see is the one and only Gia Tap Harris. Not to make this like instantly not safe for work, but that intro kind of reminds me of like when you and I are getting busy and our dogs are just like tearing up. How's that make you feel, Nick? <laughs> I think that everything's right in the world. <laughs> what you don't notice is Nick is there too. Little Moose Toretto with a Nick Scarpino. <laughs> How long can I keep my eyes open? <laughs> oh, man. Of course, this is kind of funny's in review where each and every week we get together to rank, review, and recap different movie franchises. If there is a franchise out there that you enjoy or you hate, chances are we have reviewed it. Sometimes we've even rewatched and re-reviewed it because that's the type of people we are here at Kind of Funny. You can get all of that on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny or RoosterTeeth.com. You can also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny in review, and we'll be right there for you. I do want to let you know, this is the final in review of the year. Uh, when we return next year, the plan right now, Things might change, but just letting everyone know so they can do their homework over the break. Uh, the plan is to come back and do Knives Out and Glass Onion, a Knives Out story or whatever the fuck they're calling it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, really excited about that. So do the homework, watch the movies. Uh, it's coming to Netflix. The second movie's coming to Netflix, uh, December 23rd, Yeah, that's. I want to say. Upsetting that the first one's not on there. It's a whole kerfluffle. I don't even know where where. I don't think it's anywhere. It. I tried to. Damn. Damn. I saw it in London. You saw one. the second one mm -hmm. already. Yeah, wow. oh, no I haven't seen. Spoilers. I haven't seen either of them. Oh, oh I saw both. Oh yeah, I saw both too. Oh, I can't watch part one. Then. You saw. Wow, damn, so much is going on. We'll have to figure this out. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, that's for that's a next year Tim problem. Yeah. We're in this year. All right. We're finally here. Avatar: The Way of Water has finally been seen by everyone at this table. Um, of course. Uh, last thing I need to say about this is this episode is brought to you by Fixture Us 2, MeUndies, Policy Genius, and Shopify. You don't need to hear the ads, though. If you're a Patreon producer, you also get the show early. You get to, or you get to watch it um, as we record it. You get the show ad-free. It's fantastic. So shout out to our Patreon producers, Hillary Bernard, ID Raven, Trent Berry, Tranquil Uranium, 1UP Pest Control, Gwinnett, Alex J, Sandoval, James Hastings, Colin Huguenel, Casey Andrew, Brian Cheney, Adam, Jacob Morfeld, Jordan from Kansas, Jay Kolbs, Molecule, Nathan Lamoth. Monica Boominlock, Boominlock. <laughs> uh, Alex Gradle, Streakin' Ain't Easy, Gordon McGuire, Jason L., The Nanobiologist, Arrow Joe, DJ Kento on Twitch, Donald Eccles, and Sean Valoric. Um, if uh, by chance, Monica Boominlock, you didn't watch our Into so the Spider-Verse uh, trailer reaction, don't. Just don't. So I apologize for Greg Miller. And you know what? Nick Scarpino as well. I laughed. I did. The thing about it is Monica knows, right? Monica she understands knows. how powerful of a last name that is. Mm -hmm. And you can't put that on a Patreon list without it, without knowing that it's a 60% chance it's going to be a thing. Turning into a thing. It's a movie right. character name. Like, it's very good. I, like it, I mean, we're not talking. It's not Burt Meg level, mm -mm. but it's very close. Yeah. You were correct. Let's get into it, everybody. Avatar, the way of the water, the way of water, uh, released on December 16th, 2022, with a runtime 
three hours and 12 minutes Woo. in. This is a long one. What are, what are the longest movies ever, <laughs> right? Like, it's pretty damn wild. Is this longer than Titanic? I, I didn't look into that. I Ooh, probably I could look in that right could. now. That would be fantastic. I think it is. Yeah? I, I think like Titanic it. is like three hours and like seven minutes, maybe. Let's see. Three hours and 14 minutes. Oh, Ooh. so it isn't. This is two yeah. minutes shorter. Was wow. that what it was? Three, yeah, two minutes shorter. Two minutes shorter. Damn, James. But if you suppress, Same amount of water. if you suppress the credits from both, I wonder if Avatar would sneak in because there were so many credits. <laughs> there was probably so many credits for Titanic too, as well. Mm. Gee, the boat wasn't real. It wasn't even a real boat. Yeah. (laughs) Whoa. Uh, Directed once again by James Cameron. This one was written by James Cameron, Rick Affa, and Amanda Silver, known for the Planet of the Apes trilogy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Music was done this time by Simon Franklin because, of course, like I said last week, James Horner unfortunately died. Uh, So they did a lot of uh, arrangements of the music from the first movie. They actually used some music straight from the first movie, but also there was a a whole new score by by Simon. Um, And this time, the featured pop license song in the credits, The The Weeknd. Weeknd. (laughs) So that was a fun little adventure that I didn't expect at the end of the day. Honestly, the way that they auto-tuned his voice with everything made it work but just not what i'm expecting for no. like an end of movie epic we get it's Celine like Dion we got Lady Gaga earlier this year in Maverick and then The Weeknd yeah and i will say that Lady Gaga song really grew on me didn't like it and now i'm like in the shower she's heard me a bazillion times <laughs> yes. i would love yes, I have. love to hear tim singing in the shower he doesn't sing but oh. his music selections like speak volumes oh he actually mm. just plays music in the shower he plays okay. music no singing no singing. Got a little Bluetooth speaker? What you got? What you got going on? I got a whole the phone. It's a, a whole bathroom. It doesn't like a shower and quiet. You're a fucking freak. <laughs> <Yeah>. Crazy. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, this movie. So Avatar One was one of the most expensive movies ever made, with an estimated budget of two hundred and eighty million U.S. dollars. The estimated budget for this one is between three hundred and fifty and four hundred million dollars. <laughs> so that is. Just wild to think about, like, how expensive this film is. And there's a lot of things to keep in mind, too, where this is a similar idea where um, they simultaneously shot a lot of three. So how the budgets count is going to be really interesting. Oh, okay, like, interesting. So mm-hmm. they I mean, this movie wrote... is, lo- is longer than the first movie. Oh, yeah. So that makes sense. Oh, oh, absolutely. You're adding 30 more minutes to a film. That's a lot. And that's one thing I've been confused over for over a decade, right? Mm. It's like we've <laughs> we've been hearing that James Cameron is working on multiple entries to the Avatar franchise, and I know that he was filming a bit of a uh, couple of them, sort of like the way Lord of the Rings did it, where they filmed all three at the same time. That's one thing I've been confused about here the most, is like, I don't know if we are watching actors acting in the year 2014 or 15. Like, when did all of this begin? I, I, that's like the thing I'm most interested in, because I, I legitimately don't know what the timeline is of like, We've known these movies are coming for over a decade. I just don't know when all this shit started. Well, Eddie Cortez, I'm glad that you asked these <laughs> wow. questions. Because I don't want to say I did the <laughs> deepest dive into this, but I did more than a shallow dive. Okay. So I got some answers for you where, obviously, in the same way that Avatar 1, he'd been working on forever and pitching it and pitching it. And, like, there was been a lot of work going on for it, but it actually didn't go into production until, you know, not too far before 2009. It's a similar situation here where... He knew he wanted to make the sequels. Originally, it was going to be a trilogy, but then he's like, no, I want it to be five movies. Started working, had the idea. They worked on the script. So the scripts for all the movies, there, there are scripts for Avatar 3, 4, and 5 at this point. 
the levels of completion i think are a little bit different but like they have scripts that there there's a story they're building they know so unlike the star wars sequel trilogy like there's a plan which is good uh <laughs> and then on top of that uh with this they um he, it's all about the tech with James Cameron, right. Jimmy C, right? So he's out here trying to decide what's the next tech going to be for for the movie. And the big one for this was underwater cameras, where it was the first time that uh, there was rigs made specifically to be able to shoot underwater and, like, get everything right how he wants it to and have it to be as, like, crisp and beautiful as possible. And he actually used – Kev, if you're listening to this – he actually used Alita Battle Angel oh. as like a beta test for the underwater camera stuff oh, for scenes for this movie. So the underwater motion capture and all that. Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of the um, different movies that James yeah, has been producing, uh, he's been like testing out tech for the Avatar sequels uh, along the way. It's like how in every Dark Souls game, you always get a glimpse of like what the next game is going to be. Exactly really what cool it is. Stuff, exactly. What a couple like geniuses, Miyazaki and yeah. Cameron. Exactly. Put them <laughs> together, see what happens. Uh, but the other exciting thing, Kev, is this week started talking about it. Kev just barked. <laughs> 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 I really want to watch Alita Battle Angel. <laughs> but uh, 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 th there's talk of a sequel, Kev. To Alita. To Alita. So there's there yeah. there some hope out <laughs> That's there. That's a good movie. That's, it was, I, I had a great time with it. So very excited about that. Um, but anyways, what's interesting is uh, from what I read, and again, with these movie production shit, anything can change. So much can go down. But the plan right now is Avatar 3, 4, and 5 are going to be every two years. They, they have a December release date locked at Disney. Well, they already have the, the script for 4. And well, that's, that they, news popped. <laughs> that's the thing. There's like they had the scripts for up to all five of them yeah. to some state, but supposedly three is almost finished production wise. Oh wow! So it's like things are like really on track now to like. That's incredible. You can't say no now, Disney. They <laughs> <laughs> want to. You're I mean, too deep. Yeah, I, it's it's incredible to think about that that he used all that time wisely. <laughs> it's random. It's like how did you, you actually planned for this. Thing? Whoa! <laughs> who, 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 in this day and age. God. Uh, so box office, obviously, we don't have numbers yet because it's not actually out. So we're just kind of dealing with some predictions at this point. But um, with Avatar 1 currently being the number one highest grossing movie of all time with $2.923 billion, um, it, it's a tall, tall task for it to uh, supplant that. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but predictions are looking pretty good right now. But predictions for a movie like this, I think, really don't mean too much because, like, there's a lot of X factors of, like, is this movie going to hit the way the 2009 one did? People are kind of not expecting that. But, again, never count out James Cameron here. But when it comes down to Avatar Way of Water, it shouldn't be over, overly surprising that the prediction numbers are sitting around $150 million for the opening weekend, uh, which is, of course, double what the first one managed to bring in. Mm. So opening weekend wow. of Avatar 1, $77 million. This would be bringing in predicted 150. But to put that in context of 2022 and where we're at with the IP machine of Hollywood, uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and Black Panther: Wakanda Forever opened with 187 million and 181 million. So mm -hmm. those are higher even than the projected for this one. So we'll have to see next week. Well, he's also got the entire holiday season to go into, right? Everyone's yes. going on break. And you got a lot of families together. You know, families go like, hey, what are we going to see? Oh, what about that one with the water and the blue kittens? And you're like, yeah, let's yeah. go see that one. Let's That's go good. see them kitties. Uh, and a lot of people were tweeting at me asking, like, what is the right way to watch this movie if it's possible for you? Um, and this is very complicated. There are more options for this movie than I think any movie in history. Um, but there is a short and sweet answer if you're in a major metropolitan city, and that is Dolby. Dolby is the preferred way. The way that we saw it is the way James Cameron intended. It's the way they showed it at the um, premieres. Um, and there's three factors that come into play here. The resolution, the frame rate, and is it 3D or not? Um, there's IMAX, 
And if you go to IMAX with dual lasers, which is the best IMAX possible, unfortunately, it can't do 4K, 3D, and high frame rate. So even if you're going to, like, the Metreon's IMAX, which is one of the nicest IMAXs in the world, you're only getting a 2K image instead of 4K. So I'm so glad we didn't see it there, if only for the seats. Well, no, no. I, well, the seats, yeah, but I would say the, the <coughs> color improvements with Dolby. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, the contrast and all yeah. that. But, yeah, like that's the thing is because every Dolby, if you're watching in an actual Dolby auditorium, that means you're getting a guaranteed 4K, 3D, and the variable frame rate. So Wait, so, Tim, I'm confused because you complained for about two hours yesterday that we had to watch it in Dolby, <laughs> and now you're saying that that— Well, to be fair, way? I just complained because I, I was misinformed. I thought oh. that the way it was IMAX, and then— I, I knew it wasn't this. adding up. I was like, so, wait a second. Well, because like, the thing was, like, the first movie, the preferred way, was IMAX, and what you're missing out on Dolby is all the— the added picture so like i'm at you, you have to make the concession are you going You're for pure quality or are you getting way more of the image so gee don't worry we're gonna go see it in imax i know you're you were worried as well <laughs> I'd, I'd actually like to go see it in imax again just to see the difference between the frame rates because he did a lot of different stuff with frame rates in this movie which is crazy so the frame rate is still there even in imax it's the one difference is is it a dual laser imax or a single laser imax the one we have okay. is dual laser which means it's 2k instead of 4k but uh, if you get a single laser IMAX, you're getting 4K with high frame rate. Uh, the only way to see the non-high frame, frame rate is not a Dolby, not an IMAX, just like a normal theater. And you just locked at 24. Tim, Tim, I think I think the very important question is, is it coming 4DX and how long till I can see it there? Oh, it's coming hard in 4DX, Kevin. Oh, you can oh, see it this oh, Friday. Oh, oh. 40X, right. if 40X, you're going to be saturated by the time you move that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. There's going to be gonna a lot of... We're going to sit in a pool. It's just a kiddie pool. It's going to be seen. fucking great. Uh, but anyways, that's, that's all the... Uh, um, the stats for you, all the details that you need to know. The DDs. Yeah. Andy Cortez, I want to start with you. We're going spoiler-free for this again. So what did you think of Avatar Way of Water? Let's start off giving you a review on the kind of funny scale. One to five. One being terrible. Two being bad. Three being okay. Four being great. And five being amazing. I'd give this a four out of five great. Um, I, this is a movie that I plan on seeing many more times in theaters. I was so excited to be able to, to text my dad, who's like... A, super into visuals just like i am and that he's kind of what got me into um graphics and we'd always watch like the making of aliens back in the day and all these sort of cool little featurettes um and so he was like oh man i i, I really hope we get to see that and i immediately texted him like we have to watch this the most expensive way possible <laughs> because like it's the clearly the best way um i think this the story is fine the story goes some places uh with um, different plot lines where it sort of feels like they forget what the movie's about, and even I forgot what the movie was about in certain instances where you kind of uh, forget what the actual conflict is. They kind of go into different places, and I think a lot of it is just the length of the movie that adds to a bit of that. Um, I think the writing is kind of piss poor in a lot of areas. Uh, bad acting in some spots. Weird casting choices. Um, I like how you're just talking about the exact same character. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I would say like a whole kind of group of people I think were just like added in there and they all felt really, really bad to watch. Like I, did, like, I just didn't like watching them on screen. Um, even a, a couple of main characters I wasn't huge fans of. Um, that being said, I, um, I, th I think it like the final act of this movie is pitch perfect. Like music action visuals and there's no amount of 
hyping up the visuals that will actually prepare you for how good the movie looks. This is, um, you know, I'd read that interview with James Cameron where he talked about how, yeah, you know, ILM, they're doing great stuff with Marvel and Thanos looks great. But here, what we're doing with Weta Workshop and our visuals, like, they blow that shit out, you know? And I was like, all right, chill out, James Cameron. Like, I know you're, you're you know, you got to promote your movie. You got to, like, talk your shit, you know? But damn, he was right. I, I didn't expect it to look that good. Um, there were so many moments where I, they almost looked like um, prosthetics. Like, it just looked like people, right? And uh, I think some of the more startling moments were high frame rate moments where there are other humans involved. Those were the moments that looked the most like jarring to me because I don't mind seeing CG characters in high frame rates. We watch, we play video games all the time. We see like awesome cutscenes in 60 frames per second. So all that stuff I'm pretty used to and I loved it. I had no problem with all the frame rate changes except for when there was a human in the, <laughs> for whatever reason, a human being there, that looked like the most jarring and that looked like the most um, uh, like stage play. Yeah. yeah, it looked very, very odd yeah, in some moments. But uh, for anybody who was worried about the changes in high frame rate, I had no issue with it. I loved any time they did it. Um, Goddamn, this is like, this movie took this long for a reason. Like, it, the product is there. You see why it's so expensive. It totally makes sense. Um, I, see I see you, yeah. <laughs> Highly recommend it. I, I can't wait to watch it again. It's very, very long, but I'm very stoked to just experience that again. It is a... It is a an amusement park theme ride at its finest. Joey Noel, what would you give it on the kind of funny scale? We were talking about this a little bit earlier. Spoilers uh, between G and I because I didn't realize I needed to give it a score. Um, but I would also give it a four out of five. I had a really good time. As you all know, I'm new to this Avatar franchise. Welcome to thank, Pandora. <laughs> thank you. We see you. <laughs> You've been seen. <laughs> um, I had a really good time. I think that my biggest issues of like not really caring about the characters in the first one I think they iterate on that a little bit I feel like I had more connection and uh more investment into some of these storylines I agree with Andy a lot of the dialogue not super great and not delivered great either <laughs> no like there was multiple times in the movie where like I was laughing or Kevin was laughing um about some <laughs> just the what they were saying and how they were saying it and it's like being delivered by like Great actor, so I don't know where the disconnect of all of this is. Um, it looks in insane. Like, I don't even know how else to say it. It's just, like, a beautiful movie, and, like, the color palette is so great. Um, it is just so punishingly long. <laughs> like, it is just so long. And, like, I love Titanic. I'm in for long movies, but um, this one feels a lot longer than that. I don't know if it's because Titanic feels more... I mean, this also kind of feels like... A few different movies all kind of pushed together, but um, I would love to see a re-edit, a recut, like remove a lot of stuff that just we could get work. it to like two thirty, two forty-five. That would be, be perfect, spot. especially yeah. since the middle of a lot of the middle of the movie feels like the best Dolby three D demo that you could get if you go to Best Buy. They're like, sit down here, man. I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna take you for a fucking ride. Take this edible. I told Nick that I was like, I wish we were stoned. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, was like, uh, I was like, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the middle of this movie, I feel like it, it's long, and it it. I wouldn't say it drags because I'm still like just enthralled by what I'm seeing. But yeah, let's just let's 
like some little snip snaps here and there. Yeah. But like even with that like crazy long run, like it's still really fun, really enjoyable. I'm going to go see it again. I'm sure my parents are going to want to see it over Christmas. And um, Snip, snap, snip, snap. <laughs> you have no idea the physical toll. <laughs> um, that's a different interview show. Office reference for me, Joe. Um, but yeah, I had a really good time. I... There's still like I can't wait till we get into spoilers because there's like one character that I'm like kind of bewildered by <laughs> performance wise, um, but we'll get to that later. We're gonna talk about that, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Gia Harris, what would you give it on the kind of funny scale of one to five? I'm gonna give it a five. Ooh, but five doesn't mean perfect, right? What no. does five stand for? Five is amazing. Amazing, yeah. I think it was masterpiece. No, amazing. Either way, I think I think it's deserving of both. I thought it was. I mean, look, I shared this last time. I stopped paying attention after 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I got very little No, but I, so it was extremely long. There was definitely a middle section that you already have referenced that's like sort of strange, strangely long um, that definitely could have been edited. But I thought, I thought story-wise was fine. Dialogue writing, a lot of trash, but just visually stunning. I hope it's not a spoiler to say that I cried twice. <laughs> Could be from oh, I got teary eyed several times. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought it was incredible and really engrossing, despite the runtime, um, and really delivered after having waited over a decade. So, yeah, I'm giving it a five. Nicholas Scarpino. Well, I'm going to balance that out with a big old three. Ooh. I'm going to be honest with you. This movie did not do it for me. Visually stunning. Should you see this in, in the best screen possible? Absolutely, do not miss this. This is one of the coolest experiences I've ever had uh, in a movie theater. But as far as a film is concerned, it's punishingly long. There's nothing really that I found unique in the plot. We're on a lot of well-worn territory here. Um, and it didn't surprise me like I had hoped it would. I hoped I would come out of there going, wow, he did something really, really unique with the story. And he just didn't. It was a nice continuation. Uh, and I think there was a lot of good. I mean, to counteract what you guys are saying, there's some interesting stuff dialogue-wise and acting. There's also some phenomenal performances in this. Yeah, um, 100%. Unfortunately, I think it suffers from too many characters, too long, too much exposition on a lot of the world-building stuff for me. Um, that was cool and would have been cool in and of itself. But it's just, it's too much of a feast. I left the table way too stuffed. And about maybe two hours in, I, it's unfortunate to say, but it's the same problem I had with the Batman where I was like, I'm really enjoying this. And then two hours in, I was like, uh, oh, shit, we got a whole other hour and 15 minutes left of this, which is my the, the worst possible thing I could say for an experience when you're sitting in the movie theater, right? If I could watch this at home, actually, I would say it would probably be worse. I think you got to see this in theaters. I think it's actually going to be a lot more boring when you watch it on TV if you're not watching it in 3D. But at least you'd have the luxury of being able to walk away and do what we did with Dune when I watched it the second time where I'm like, this is going to take us three days to watch. <laughs> it's okay. But it's okay. I mean, that's fine, right? And that's obviously why people are well, – well, a lot of these studios are encouraging creators to like get out there and just make these longer movies. But for me – Two hours, two, 2.30, 2.45, that's where we're pushing it with a lot of these things. Unless it's the most engrossing story I've ever seen in my entire right. life. Or we've had 22 movies to work up to it. And I'm like, wow, this is the culmination of decades of my life. Which this is not. I'm not a huge Avatar 1 fan uh, going into this. He would have had to do a little bit more to surprise me. Having said all that, though, definitely go see this movie. Definitely go see it on the biggest screen possible. And I hate to say this. It kills my, my soul, Andy. But you've got to see it in 3D. You have to. You have to. <laughs> cannot not see this movie in 3D. From the get, from the jump, all of the water stuff that you're looking at is just, it's just, it's 
similar to Top Gun, where you're like, you just this is a different experience we've never seen before, and you got to go do it. I told Tim and G immediately that the amount of times a character broke the plane of water, like because they're underwater and they come back up for to breathe, they used that so many times, and I could have seen it for another hour. They knew what of, they had. It the money. Shot. I just cannot uh, like. I, you can't overhype what you're going to see if you watch this in 3D. You just can't. It looks, whatever you think it looks like, it looks better than that. There was multiple moments where Andy was like, I just can't believe how good this is. I mean, the, like the close-ups of the skin was what got me. Where I was like, wow, that is really, really, really good, good work. Tim, you know? what did you think? It's a fat five, baby. I absolutely <laughs> loved this movie so damn much. I still think that the first one is better. Like, personally, I enjoy it a lot more. Um, but I think that this movie, it, it's a sheer accomplishment. We always talk about movies feeling like a roller coaster, right? Uh, a, a theme park attraction or whatever. To me, this movie is the entire theme park. Like, it is a day at Disneyland where you're getting a little bit, you're meeting some characters. Then you go over to this other land. Then you go to this other land that has a completely different vibe. You're getting the shocks. You're getting the thrills. This ride different than that ride all of that together is this experience that sure i don't love every ride at the park equally but i think overall the experience of the amusement park is what i think about it and i enjoy and i think that this movie completely nails all of that the spectacle is there everything you guys said about the 3d is just so spot on this is the best a movie has ever looked like just i think hard stop. not even close um and having said that uh, you guys know me i'm a fan of pushing the tech forward i'm a fan of like uh creators having a vision and sticking to it even if it's not what we're used to and it doesn't always pay off uh the high frame rate stuff is really 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 hit or miss in movies um infamously the hobbit i did not enjoy that at all did i not enjoy it because the frame rate or because the movie i don't know but i did not enjoy we'll it call them a and b me yeah. me and kev Gemini Man, we're going to be standing to that till the day we die. Super okay movie. Super but, okay, but, but it's such an experience. 120 and, looked really good. And there was a commitment to the frame rate that just, they, they made sure that the movie was made for that, and it, it really worked. I'm a little bummed to say the high frame rate in this didn't work for me. I wish we could have seen it with a steady frame rate the entire time, whether it was all high or all. Well, because some of it was lower. Some of it seemed like it was lower than 24, where it was like when it started going slow motion, I was like, that looks really framey. And then, but I'm curious to see. What that high frame rate, like if the 3D helped the effect or yeah. if when when you, when you watch it on TV and not 3D, if it's going to look like Andy's talking about where it's just like straight up video. Well, I doubt they'll do it. Honestly. You think they're going to they're gonna I, lock I think, it at 24 when, they, when it, it comes to like, okay. I imagine um, because I don't know how these days they deliver. Oh, yeah. How would you 3D, deliver that? Right. But yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Um, and Disney Plus sometimes has different options. Um, but Avatar 1 still not in 4K. So who the fuck knows? But yeah. um, the, the high frame rate stuff for me, like... Uh, more often than not, when it would transition, I found it off-putting. And that sucks, because I really wanted to love it. Um, but in any one moment, I loved it. I just feel like I didn't have enough time to kind of, like, get used to it before it would change to the other thing. And then it was that jarring effect where I was like, ah, damn it. But um, the the rest of it, to me, I love that it's not uh, – like it, it's – it's a story that we've kind of seen before, elements of before, but, like, it's just done really well. Like, I feel like all the dialogue, the problems that I, I agree with you on, I not just look past them. I feel like they're what makes this movie work because there's so much stuff. I disagree with you, Nick, about the exposition. I think this movie made the call to have less exposition and more just we're going to sit in this for a long time. And that's why I think the middle of the movie kind of feels weird because it does feel just like you're just walking around a part of Disneyland as opposed to, like, getting on a ride but it's still a lot of like it's interesting and they're kind of like teaching you a lot of stuff and allowing the characters to kind of show us instead of tell us what's going on but there is a couple bizarre choices where oftentimes i was like 
what's this main character up to? We haven't seen them for a while. Yep. Well, yeah. What's that character up to? Like a whole um, hour. They it, almost, it, it almost felt like James Cameron was like, these scenes look too well, good to not have in the movie. But that's but that's the thing, right? This movie for James Cameron, I bet if you sat and asked him, is not about the individual character, right? Because who's the main character of this movie? I mean, it's I don't want to say because, yeah. Right. yeah. It, it, that's what I'm saying, right? It's like, it's less about that and more about him really just being like, yo, I love ocean stuff. I want to show you all this cool stuff that you're. I mean, he does. He, James Cameron's obsessed with it. He's mounted expeditions down to the Mariana Trench. He's the Titanic. Mm-hmm. I think he single handedly lifted the Titanic. Checked it out. Was like, put it back mm-hmm. down. Uh, it's more about this. This is much more about the experience. And James Cameron is a phenomenal storyteller. But I think this is just that's not what he was going for here, right? He wanted you to sit in those moments and be like lost in the movie for a little bit, and you feel that, and you feel like. I, I think that's actually kind of a special thing. Like, I, I think it, it does bog the movie down a little bit as far as, like, an overall storytelling movie. But there's moments in this where I was just like, Ugh. like, I'm I'm engrossed by what I'm watching. And then you do come back to it like, oh, yeah, we got to wrap this plot up at some point. I mean, see, my thing is, like, this is it's a blockbuster cinematic classic. Like, I feel like they, they just committed <laughs> so hard to all this where I love that the framing of this movie uh, again, this is this is the first of its kind where we are so used to reboots and like requels and everything in between, like remasters, whatever the hell you want to call it. And most of those are things like, oh, Star Wars, which was the 70s and 80s. And then, like we got the prequels in the 90s and then, oh, we got the, the sequels in the uh, 2010s. This is the first time we're getting a like delayed sequel from a quote unquote modern movie, right? When we, we've often talked on in review about like what a modern movie is. And we usually reference like 2007 and eight as the beginning of, you know, we can watch Transformers one or Iron Man or Dark Knight and be like, yeah, those feel like modern movies. Like not entirely, mm-hmm. but like, I feel like they are the right. beginning of this modern era we're in. And for two, uh, Avatar to come out in 2009 to now get the sequel, it's like, this is the first time we've ever gotten something like this, especially on this scale. And I think that he did such a good job of treating the first, let's just call it the first act of this movie, which is really like an hour, as kind of a rehash of Avatar 1 in a way to like get people familiar, but with some twists. Then we get that sit in the world, and then what Andy's talking about, the final act, which is just absolutely incredible. And it's like an hour and a half of just (laughs) nonstop, perfect insanity. Last thing I'll say about this before uh, we move on to the ads and the, the plot is this movie reminded me a lot of Avatar 1 to Avatar 2 reminds me a lot of Star Wars A New Hope to uh, Force Awakens, where it's a lot of the things that we loved from the first one. There's a lot of similarities. It's a lot of the same territory. We're just going over it again with a new coat of paint and some new stuff with a lot of changes. And I think at the end of the day, this movie does a better job than Force Awakens does, and I'm a lot more hopeful for the future. And I was really hopeful at the end of Force Awakens that we were going to get something special. Uh, But... This movie made Avatar a franchise, and I can't wait to watch more of these movies every two years. I hope they keep uh, the quality up. I hope they keep wowing us. The moment this movie ended, I would have watched it immediately again. Like, that's how into oh, it was. And I said, no, we're going home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Runtime did not bother me. 10.30. And I'm going to watch this many times in theaters. Can't wait to go with Cool Greg, who was not over there. I just no. pointed at nobody. <laughs> but anybody, anyways, we are going to cut to all the, uh, to the ads in a second. Patreon people, thank you for hanging out. Come back on Friday to watch the plot recap. We promise it's going to be good. Until next time, I love you all. Chat. Goodbye.
Shout out to Fixture Gaming for sponsoring this episode. The Fixture S2 is now available. It's a sturdy accessory mount that connects the Nintendo Switch OLED model to the Pro Controller. This mount was created specifically for the Nintendo Switch OLED model. We here at Kind of Funny have been using the Fixture S1 for a very long time. It's been my go-to to play on the Nintendo Switch Pro Controller. Both the S1 and S2 let you take your games anywhere while enjoying the Pro Controller's legendary precision and comfort. No longer will you suffer through Joy-Con drift. The thoughtful design of the Fixture S1 and S2 can be seen in the patented two-axis system with sturdy metal hinges. Both the S1 and S2 can be used in tabletop mode. If you go to FixtureGaming.com, use code KINDOFUNNY, you'll get 5% off of your order. Fixture Gaming is also running a holiday sale on Amazon this week. From December 12th to 16th, get $5 off the Fixture S1 and Fixture S2, $5 off the carrying case bundles, and $10 off the Ultra bundles featuring the Fixture S1, S2, the carrying case, and Fixture's gaming controller. So, check it out. Make sure you use promo code kind of fun. Shout out to me undies for sponsoring this episode. Who doesn't love getting new undies for the holidays? Nobody. That's who. MeUndies is your go-to spot for snuggly, soft undies, and more that all your loved ones will adore. Get merry and matching sets perfect for binge-watching or holiday your way however you like with new limited edition prints. You can try MeUndies and get 20% off your first purchase, plus free standard shipping and free returns when you go to MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. You know how much I love MeUndies. I literally don't leave my house unless at least my undies and socks have that super soft micromodal fabric that I talk so much about. You can spend less time gifting and more time living with the new MeUndies holiday collection. MeUndies has something for every name on your list. You can shop classic plaids for dads, holiday sweater prints for fun friends, and the softest lounge wherever all the cuddly ones in your life could need. Available in sizes extra small to 4XL, it's here for everyone. And you can get 20% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee by going to MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. That's MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. Shout out to Shopify for sponsoring this episode. We love Shopify here at Kind of Funny because we use it to run our very own kindoffunny.com slash store. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether your thing is vintage teas or recipes for ghee, start selling with Shopify. Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of your favorite businesses worldwide. Shopify has all the sales channels sorted so your business keeps growing from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. And thanks to 24-7 support and free libraries full of educational content, Shopify's got you every step of the way. It's how every minute new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify and you will too. When you're ready to launch your thing into the spotlight, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform backing millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Go on, try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash kfgames, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash kfgames to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash kfgames. Shout out to Policy Genius for sponsoring this episode. Life insurance is the type of thing you never hope you need, but the reality is mortgage payments, childcare, and other expenses don't disappear when you're gone. Policy Genius gives you a smarter way to find and buy the right coverage for you and your family. It was built to modernize the life insurance industry. Their technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes and from top companies like AIG and Prudential in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $17 per month for $500,000 of coverage. And Policy Genius has licensed agents who can help you find options that offer coverage in as little as a week that are incentivized to recommend one insurer over another so you can trust their guidance. There are no added fees and your personal info is private. Your loved ones deserve a financial 
safety net. You deserve a smarter way to find it and buy it. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right, Andy, hit me with the plot. Here's the plot. It's time for the plot. Nick, tell us the plot. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, keep going. I'll be real yeah, quiet with you. Avatar. The way of water. Hey, let's ca- let's catch up with Jake Sully, man. What's that guy been up to? Oh, a lot of procreating. He's oh, been yeah. smashing <laughs> He's, been been off the He's been getting it, dude. This dude's got like 90 kids, one of whom is uh, a little a little boy that looks like Tarzan that runs around in his loincloth the entire time. Name's he's like Spider. He's an adopted kid. And the other one is the Immaculate Conception. Jesus Christ herself, Dr. Grace's daughter. Or Awa, more, more likely. Uh, that hair penis has been working. Oh there man, that thing so is sore. So many uses of the hair penis, <laughs> and every, every time, every time the hair penis happen, I'd hear Nicka. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> what Andy didn't Maybe hear was when we got to the water people and they got mad. They went, ah, and I kept doing that to Andy, but he just refused to turn <laughs> around. He refused. I refused. Uh, uh, quick question about uh, the, the hair penis? No, no, the immaculate <laughs> conception child. Uh, that was Sigourney Weaver's voice, like modulator, yeah. right? Yeah, that I think was, so. Yeah, was that freaking anyone else out? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah it, didn't it was weird. Right. But I'm just happy that they got Sigourney Weaver back. I'm happy to always see her on screen. She could, they could voice modulator. I don't care. It's great. It didn't really look like her though. It did. It did. It did. I think it did. It did? Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. And then there, there was a moment where she like spoke out of the side of her mouth and like kind of did the thing. I was like, oh man, that is so Sigourney. Weaver. Yeah, I don't know what they Sigourney. did. I don't know if it's her doing a different performance, but she did a phenomenal job. In my opinion, separating those two characters because we see her later, in the, and and she's actually there, and that's a, gr- a gripping scene where she's yeah. like my daughter, and then it goes around. Anyway, we're we're getting a lot. We're just getting caught up, man. He's like, I'm a, we're not in the forest anymore. Now we're up in the sky, and everything's good. And you're like, got oh, a job at cool. State Farm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we were introduced to his two sons, uh, younger and older, and they're kind of knuckleheads um, as two boys are. He's running his family very like like a marine. He's you know he's on me, and they're like, yes, sir. They call him sir and all that stuff. Uh, and he's still happily married to Natiri, and they're they're just crushing life. Everything's great. Until the space people come the back, which people. nobody ever saw or planned for. There's no possible way we could have just predicted that these humans were going to come back to this planet <laughs> worth t- trillions of dollars. Yeah. And, and this stomp is, shit out. And immediately I, I'm thinking, all right, well, we got three more movies of these. How many more Death Stars do we have to blow up? Yeah. Like, how, how many more times? This is what I was like alluding to uh, in the, the pre- plot part where uh this whole beginning part really just felt like all right let's just do the plot of the first movie but from the perspective of the bad guys becoming them to refamiliarize everyone without doing the exact same movie and i feel like that is necessary for a sequel like yeah. this but that is where it just starts to feel like eh, it's another death star like yeah. it is just the same thing so i mean i think this movie is i think what kind of holds it back a little bit is that james cameron sort of had to he has to set up the next few movies, and I think this movie actually really does that. Oh, I thought and, you were going to say the thing that held him back was the shaky cam coming back again. Love it. Hate it. Love Fucking hate it. the digital shaky cam zooms, dude. Oh. It's not found footage. This isn't an eyewitness Fuck. helicopter camera. Like It's not Cloverfield? Well, yeah, like, like, this that isn't thing? a dude with a camcorder. I, I hate like the fit. It just reminds me of like a bygone era that is like still here. Uh, it's it's I did not notice any of that. In fact, one of the things I did walk away with, I think it was Russell Carpenter shot this, and I was just like, dude, fucking hey. Like you shot the hell out of this movie. Um, but 
we set up a lot. We, we have to catch up. We have to set up. It's been years since the audience has seen this world. So Jake's like, yo, this is what's going on. We're fishing now. We're cool. Everything's great. Uh, but, you know, they come back. And they're led by none other than Mrs. Soprano. Edie Falco's in this movie. Yeah. So random. And man, she is comically holding a cup of coffee every single time. Every single <laughs> time. Every single time. She's like, she's just. That's her thing. Good. It That's characterization. <laughs> feels like, she feels so oddly out of place out in this of entire place. movie. It's like. And I love Edie Falco. Oh no! I think she's one of the most underrated or underused actresses in general. Extremely underused in this movie. Yeah. Well, you have to assume she's going to be the big baddie in the next couple, right? Because we've we're establishing a lot here. I'm I'm skipping around a little bit, and you guys feel free to stop me if I miss some stuff. But um, they're they've well, we'll go we'll 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 do the big elephant in the room, right? Mm -hmm. They've brought back Stephen Young's character. Yes, they did. Colonel Korich is back, and he's bigger. And he's bluer, and he's not the same guy. So we're now massive. We've now, but he is the same guy in all the ways that they need him to be. Right. <laughs> and I'm, my favorite plot point, as featured in Beer Fest 2005, exactly, where it's like <laughs> where the brother or whatever, yeah, where the guy dies and he drowns in the beer tank, and then his twin brother comes. He's like, "Don't worry, just call me his name, and I'll act like I'm him the whole time." Then <laughs> they just go on with the <laughs> perfect. Um, this part was was interesting to me because this is where I was like, oh, I get what we're doing here. This is like a soft reboot. We're basically just bringing back the big baddie from the last one because it's been too long. And Stephen and Stephen Lang Lang, yeah, Lang. I said Young, not Lang. Lang is a phenomenal antagonist. He's great. The crew that he has is Perfectly great. Cartoonish. My 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 gripe with it though is that this is where I was like, oh, we're, we've been here before. And now I was like, I kind of saw the entire movie unfold. And I was like, I really hope it's not about trying to mine the resources and all the stuff. I hope it's broader than that. And it is in some ways. And then it's much smaller in some ways. And we'll get to that a little bit later. Do you, but think, he's, that, do you think that one crony of his, like, hit up Oakley for custom glasses, custom-sized glasses? But again, I love it. Like, that was a design choice. And the like, boots. These fucking generic-ass bad guys are going to wear Oakleys. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to fucking deal no, with like, it. We need the biggest size, like, for a, a head that's two feet tall. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I need gigantic Oakleys. <laughs> um, of course, they've been brought back because they still got this problem, right? The United States, the, 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 the sky people, the humans have this problem, which is that uh, the Navi are still attacking uh, their resources. They're still basically there, and they want these resources. So basically, the leader of them, uh, the the Turok, Turok thank you, yeah. uh, still around. We got to kill this guy, and his he goes. His street name is Jake Sully. Jake Sully's still mm -hmm. a problem. So hoorah, we're all going into that. Uh, Literal hoorah. Yeah, we get a, we get a, we lot, get a lot, lot of hoorahs, hoorahs in this movie. A yeah. uh, small important note: uh, they now have the technology to take your brain and just put it in another body. Which I was like. All right, James Cameron, you get one. You, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a pass on this one. I feel like that's not the one that needs the pass because, like, they do set that up with, like, the tree being able to do that, right? Like, that's what the tree does to uh, Sully's body in the first movie. and Like, like they, merges them or whatever? Yeah, it, like, moves his... Yes, but that is that is the magical resource and the reason why we care so much about Pandora. Remember, Grace has that moment where she's right. like, the, re the, the real resource here isn't the unobtainium. It's this planet. It's this hive mind. It's this whole thing that they can do. We have to study this. You you presume that she logged some of that stuff, and they yeah, went back and studied and it and figured it out. But also, they got kicked off the planet before any of that stuff really got done. But this has been years. But, since, yeah, they've since had the research. Like, how long has it been? It's been probably like fifteen years. Well, he's right? got kids that are like sixteen, so yeah, yeah, and they're teenage we, years. So, and yeah. then we get the soft reboot version of how do I record this video log? And Giovanni Ribisi comes up, and he's like, "Oh, you so I this thing it. is a data pad, that. and you got fucking here's some exposition for the people who don't understand what's why. Love, maybe dude, didn't I watch part it one." So much. 
What a waste to not have him in the movie, bro. I know. I know. Like yeah. every other villain fucking sucked, he got man. Fired, though, you know? But we did get a great we did get that great line where he's like, if you're watching this, I failed. But Marines never really fail, right? You can kill us, but we'll regroup in hell. Hell and yeah. Like, and the guy dude. goes, hoorah. And I was like, God damn it. God damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Go. Fuck uh, it. A fun little thing I have uh, about what we're talking about here is uh, the recumbent embryo, which is like what they talked about of like how they do the cloning stuff, is grown in vitro during the flight to Pandora, which takes three years ship time, five years Earth time. It's a relativity thing. And I was like, that's a really cool way to say that. That's cool. <laughs> um, we, we skip around a little bit here, too. And again, world building for the next couple of movies. They've just rebuilt this city. Un, uh, unobscured. Uh, no problem from the Na'vi. The Na'vi have just been like, yeah, go ahead and build this massive city with all these cool 3D printers. A lot of really... I would love to go back and watch just this scene. Because there's so much cool tech in this. Oh and and again, okay. shout out to the production design of all the mm. ships. The little crab things. All that Dude. stuff is so... Pitch perfect yep. across the board. Uh, but Edie Falco is like, listen, uh, during this cup of coffee, we <laughs> built fucking five towers, man. We can build stuff now that you've never even seen before with all this technology. It's super fast. We built this whole city in like six months. We're ready to rock and roll. But Jake Sully and his kids and his tribe have attacked this uh, this train, this mag train, and they've blown it up and they've taken all the guns. And we got we to gotta, uh, take care of this problem. During that scene, of course, uh, we set up that the younger brother and the older brother are kind of a little irresponsible. Um, and Jake pulls him aside afterward, and he's like, hey, you could have gotten yourself killed. At no point does he say, hey, you actually got other people killed because a lot of his tribe died because those guys were supposed to be the lookouts. Teachable moment there that I feel like he he passed <laughs> over on. Like, hey, your buddy, he's dead. These guys are dead. Remember, he turns the body over. He's like, oh, thank God that's not my son, and then runs over <laughs> to the other one. Very yeah, weird. Very weird. I fucking love these kids, the- and I, I'm shocked that I'm saying that because, again, for a movie – like Avatar, where we're like, all right, the characters, like, are they that memorable? Whatever. It's more the world and the vibe of it all. This movie, I really feel like James Cameron was like, let's try to make these characters more memorable. Let's try to make the whole family dynamic work. And I'm surprised at how much it worked for me. Because, like, the moment we get introduced to fucking 15 kids, I'm like, this is a conjuring situation. There's way too many damn kids in this situation. Uh, but uh, I ended up loving all the kids for different reasons. But specifically, the the two boys I thought were great. The um, Little baby dot adorable. The, so, so cute. Um, but I thought they did a good job of, like, making us care about all of them and get invested in their relationships and putting them all in danger in different ways where I was like, I actually care about if they die or not, which, like, I'm surprised by from avatar especially this one um but a fun thing the little kid um who gets a lot of screen time in this movie the actor is the same actor from uncharted 4 who played young nathan drake and so he's really oh. used to the motion capture and all that cool stuff, video game stuff oh yeah. yeah um i think i also want a second that i think that the i think the kids were like some of the strongest performances some of the I better agree. writing and I think maybe we need to maybe we put some more focus on the adults yeah well, well, i mean what what is it about their performances and their writing that like worked but yeah, all the other villains that get added later just like just did not like it, it just felt like different writing teams I, I don't know but the i'd say my only problem with it is uh spoilers for later on in the movie this is a spoiler filled part of the podcast anyway <laughs> um i i i think we get enough of well you're the perfect son he's but like i don't feel like we got enough of like the movie is so long, I don't think we got enough of dad and oldest son really bonding in a way that kind of makes me like I'm still sad at the end of it because I think the performance is bringing on the tears and the emotion there. But I I don't think we got enough of like dad and oldest and el- oldest son kind of having this really really strong bond because he's the the 
I, I would say, quote unquote, better of the brothers or whatever, because the younger one always feels like he's the disappointment. He's always the one the black fucking sheep. up. Yeah. yeah. And when we get that death near the end, I'm like, you know, you're, the emotions and the performances are really doing it for me right now, but I wish we had more older son and father moments of like sort of teachable stuff like you were mentioning earlier because we get the sullies always stick together sort of uh, uh catchphrases but i don't feel like we're shown it enough with especially with how long the movie is like there was a lot more opportunity to have that i think and i agree and i think that there is just too many kids in my opinion like i think it should have been three it should have been grace who's the surrogate like the, the their adopted sort of surrogate child the older brother and one other for that dynamic but there's five kids right am i crazy yeah. on that including Being spider tighter. yeah so that's a lot of characters. And James Cameron's a master. He did the best job probably possible with it. And you do feel by the end of the movie that you know them. But if there had been three, you would have known them much more. And we could have shaved off 20 minutes of, of development time with them. Which I think honestly would have, made, would have been more impactful toward the end. Because you're right. By the time we get to the older brother dying, I was like... Oh right, he's in this. I forgot. He's we get in like this. he gets the least amount of screen time for yeah. any of the five siblings, and so that didn't hit as much for me as if the younger brother had died, or if it, it, it should have just been the dad and his eldest son, and that should have been the dynamic, in my opinion, because I think that that would have hit struck much more of a chord than hey, you got to protect your younger brother, and your brother, he kind of messes up sometimes, you kind of mess up sometimes, and then we also have Grace who's got some issues. And Sp- <laughs> this kid Spider is like he's gonna get trampled on. There's so many big things around. Him. <laughs> yeah, um, it, I think if younger brother had been the one to die instead, I think that would have made a lot more sense story wise because we have so many of those moments between him and his dad where his dad's getting after him and he's like well i'm not the favorite you know i'm a disappointment so you don't give a shit about me like i feel like there was a lot more back and forth there to sort of warrant um something tragic happening to the to the youngest brother and i just wish we saw it a bit more um i I feel like he had more screen time with his dad Uh, i mean having said that the kids did great performances uh, including Sigourney Weaver, who played her younger self, which I thought was great. And the little girl was adorable. Uh, we get a little exposition here where Grace is like, man, I wish I knew who my dad was. And Spider's like, oh, I know my dad. He's an asshole. And you're like, oh, Colonel oh, is out there shit. smashing, too. I guess that's all there is to do on Pandora when you're uh, when you're on your, your break or on holiday. Uh, anyway. A lot, uh, a lot of bad acting from Spider, too, I think. Like, I did. I like. I thought he was. I mean, I like tag. What do you do? This kid's like 15 years old, and he's like everything's blue screen around. (laughs) He has to do that a bunch of times. (laughs) And he hiss for me right now. No, it's not the hissing. It's just like some of the line deliveries that I I I felt were just kind of like out of place, especially when we. What's up? Hiss for him. Hiss for me. He said hiss for me. That was right in the beginning. Like it's just like. Look, you can't choose your dad. I can't choose mine either. That's no, like, he gives me like sometimes it's not great. He's like it's not always so great to know who your dad is. It, like, it, nobody would say that. It in just that happens so part. fast. Yeah. There's also another like, line. You that, have to do that. You have to introduce this sort yeah. of element, but it's just kind of I don't know. Felt very force fed to us. There's another line here too where Jake was talking about. He's like he's telling the audience for those people who haven't sat through the two hours and forty two minutes of the original Avatar. He's like we kicked off the sky people, but we left two people. You know, real sciencey type people. I'm like you mean scientists? <laughs> you could have just said they're scientists. You don't have to say sciencey type people. I'm like no, they have like advanced degrees. They're, we can call them scientists. We're, anyway. mar- we're marines. We don't give a shit. We don't about give a shit. Guys. Uh, <laughs> solid with that. Anyway, uh, we go into the scene right where Quaritch is like, we got to go native. We got to go. We got to get out there and uh, and see because uh, every other troop that has tried to go to these to the the forest areas has been attacked by all the wildlife he goes but you guys are navi now you're by blood so maybe they'll smell you and like go away and sure enough that does work uh, important to note super cool that they're all like kitted out thought all that was badass so all the guns 
oddly remnant. A lot of this stuff's oddly remnant of the Aliens world, which to me, as a young fan who used to make uh, the Pulse Rifle out of my dad's PVC pipe until he finally complained because it was like hundreds of dollars of duct tape and PCB pipe. <laughs> this is all awesome. Like, Horace's rifle itself kind of has that same shape, and I'm like, dude, James dude, Cameron, I, I see James, you. James, I see you, James, I see you, James, James Cameron. Cameron. He loves movies, and there's just so many references. I mean, did you expect anybody here to get not one, but two Free Willy references. And not just, oh, we're going to have the whale jump over the Uh-oh. thing. Later, they weaponize it, where they have the whale jump <laughs> over the thing with the harpoon and wrap around. I'm like, this is the most hype yeah, fucking that shit, was shit awesome. possible, man. Well, and then we get this the callback to Titanic, where they're taking their last breath as everything oh. is happening. It's like, oh, oh. I mean, dude, I mean, we'll by the way, there. this is the third movie that James Cameron's done that in, and every single time it's good. Yeah. If you haven't seen The Abyss, fuck, you should watch The Abyss. Uh, I digress. Uh, uh, they, Quaritch and his team attack the kids who are out there where they're not supposed to be, take them hostage. Just scene. Um, great scene. All of the choreography here was fantastic. Uh, he's got, he finds his own corpse and crushes the skull, which is such a great bit of visual storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really is right. Where he's like, this is not me. And you see that. And that's a great, that is, I think an important character moment for him, right? Where he's like, I'm not this person. And so he actually ends up making choices that Gorish wouldn't have made, right? At the end, he actually saves his son. All these things are great. That's all set up right here. Again, you're dealing with the master storyteller and that's fantastic here. Um, cool to see the, the old habitat and the, the mech, the, the uh, suit and all that stuff. And he's just like looking and smashes it. It's the other guy. Important to note, the other guy grabs the dog tags and stuffs them in his pocket. Because he has such reverence for the colonel and what he and his sacrifice, pretty cool. Uh, and then, of course, the colonel's like he sees the arrow tip, and he's like, "Okay, I got a bone to pick with her. I got right. this is a rivalry." And then Natiri at the end is just like, that just gets fucking nasty on these guys. So that whole thing ends up uh, in, uh, unfolding. Um, Jake realizes they they unfortunately lose Spider. Spider gets taken back to the base. Um, he gets tortured a little bit. We'll get into that in a second. But in the meantime, Jake Sully's like, "We gotta go on the lamb," which everyone in the audience is like. I don't think that's going to work, bro. <laughs> like, dude, like, I don't dude, know. <laughs> like, this is the, this is like, I guess story wise, this is the, the kind of most disappointing thing, right? Is we're just getting sort of a recap. This movie's in a lot of ways, Avatar 1, right? They're like, these people are here, they're looking for resources, they have to fight the natives. Uh, it's just a different set of natives. And unfortunately, at the end, you're like, cool, it's done, but it's, they're going to come back. There's no, there's, there's no finality to this. And, of course, his final words are like, yeah, we got to fight. I'm like, yeah, you got to fight, dude. But what I'm you going to go over there? They got, they got airplanes. They can go to those islands in, like, 20 minutes and go find you guys. I think the beginning parts of this movie, more of the bad guys coming in and tra- like getting the, the banshees and stuff, like, that to me feels more like the rehash. Whereas them going to the, the um, water world, whatever it is, like, I thought that was, that, was fresh. And the that's where it starts to get fresh. The yeah. family running and, and, like, deciding at the end of this movie they're not running anymore. I'm like, that, I think, is good storytelling and very, very different than the first movie and the plot of it yeah but i mean uh, what's he gonna do now he's gonna write and he's gonna get all the clans together he's gonna go fight the sky people again which is the exactly how avatar one ended so but that, now we know the different clans more i think that's the thing is like this this i think <laughs> did such a great job of expanding it where it's like we now firmly understand what the forest looks like what the uh, water area looks like and like we know i imagine that the other movies are going to get into some more of that so it's not just a couple like a handful of characters we kind of care about it'll be hopefully like a portal type situation, obviously very different than that. But like, mm-hmm. I I can hope that by the time we get to Avatar Five, we do feel connected to the universe way more than we do currently. Sure. Uh, so he's like, we gotta real, go. Real quick, one thing I want to bring up: when uh, later when they they the helicopter comes over to help the the one sister that had a stroke, uh, 
and they find they're like, okay, they're clearly somewhere in these islands. The thing that they start doing is raiding all of the little villages, right? Yeah. So isn't it safe to assume that once they left, they did that exact same thing to the like forest people? Well, like, that was that was interesting you know what I mean? because so, I, I I I had the same question, Kev. Yeah. I was like, where was the scene where they go to the the sky thing and like raid that village? Yeah, because like why wouldn't they have done? Well, that I'll tell you why they didn't do it because uh-huh. if they'd have shown that. Everyone in the audience would be like, well, that's a really shitty thing, Jake Sully. You just left your tribe and they just got, like, well, murdered. Yeah. That's really bad. But that, so they just omitted that scene from the movie in the, in, for the sake of yeah. the plot, which is kind of disappointing. That's weird, yeah. What, what's also interesting is the raids must have stopped because otherwise they would have continued and, like, killed those Na'vi. Because they would have had Spider's insider information on how to go in there. But we see that the team doesn't do that, right? Instead, they're focusing on, like getting the, like, dragons to fly them around and stuff. Yeah, they, which is interesting yeah. and cool and obviously yeah. set up for later when, spoilers, yeah. Quaritch is going to become one of them and probably change sides. But um, not in this movie, but th- my guess would be that's, like, uh, in Avatar 4 and he dies. Um, I-, I think a lot of those sequences could have been skipped. Like, I-, I wouldn't mind if in part three, after being saved by his son, then maybe it's, like, our... Uh, Maybe that's when he gets his dragon training or whatever. And maybe throughout this whole movie, he's attacking on a little vehicle like all of them have. Like, right. I, I, and not only for, not only to kind of like have that late, happen later in the story, but I also just think a lot of those moments kind of slowed down the movie, even though we need to see what they're doing. Cause there's a gigantic, after like 45 minutes, you're like, what the fuck's Quartz up to? We haven't <laughs> seen that dude in a while, you know? Um, I think we might have missed a line in there someplace why they explain why they never went to the, the forest people but the chat will let us know uh, or not chat uh, comments will let us know i'm sure uh anyway we go we move along and they're like we gotta go man we gotta go and so they're like where are we gonna go well we're gonna go out to the 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 island people the 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 sea navi and they're all cool and they got big tails uh and they Sorry, got what, big one arms other, one other form. question one other question here we'll take we'll, we'll be filling questions right now yes uh but. so the only reason these marines were brought back to life was to kill sully like I'm gonna be honest, like that that seems really weak to me. It was about an hour and a half into this movie that I was like, I really got a question, like why this is happening? Because is yeah. it really just they're trying to murder Jake Sully? That yeah. that is their purpose. I get well, why that they would want to do yeah. that, and I also get why the that corporation. I'm assuming it's a corporation. Uh, it might be a government thing, but like why they were like, oh, we need to have Navi soldiers that already know like, the terrain and, and everything. So, like, it makes sense to bring back or use those They're bigger, avatars. stronger, and faster. Yeah. And they can breathe in the train. And and they, they, and well, that's the big thing. They can yeah. breathe. They can sneak around and not... Because I think the ships maybe are the reason why the, the birds attack you. Like the, the, Yeah, if you're not native or whatever, I think well, it sort I, I think of feels it's like that. An, I think it might be, like, electric... Like Well, no, no. Have, they had that moment where the where the, the hyenas looked at them and were like, cool, you're cool. Yeah, that was kind of bullshit because I think in the first they attacked one, Jake Sully. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but, but it was. I think it was because Jake Sully was like, oh no, Jake Sully was an important. avatar though. These weren't avatars. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, they're na- they're natural mm-hmm. born or biologically born. So do um, they have three fingers. Also, can Navi make a fist? Hmm. These are the real questions. <laughs> These are the real questions. Right? Because you remember the scene where he's like, "Hey, let me introduce you to something." This fourth finger lets me do, and he makes a fist and punches him. I can make a fist with these. Let me no, punch I you think with you this mean. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
Um, we'll keep, we'll keep, we'll continue on here. Of course, uh, we go back over the base and they're like, Hey spider, we're going to torture you with this weird machine, uh, until your nose bleeds. And this Eddie is the has, what's the thoughts on the torture look? Cause I saw this. I was like, Eddie's either going to fucking love this or hate it. I, you know what? Pretty indifferent on it. Really? <laughs> Pretty indifferent. Right. Well, um, I, I didn't really understand what it was that was happening. It's just like this torches green light that I'm assuming whatever the science is in that world, they know that like this is the thing that kind of causes the most strain or the most. Well, they had the thing that was on his face that was trying to pull images out of his brain. So you imagine that was like that was that was hardcore, probably painful. Yeah, it was just odd. I didn't really understand. It was how... like a, I think it was a brain scanner. Like I think it was like a big MRI because you had his <laughs> brain there, and they were like trying to extract. Some image of where Jake Sully's. Oh, really? Because yeah. for me, I thought it was the spinning green module is meant to fuck your Give you a seizure shit up, like yeah. to like it's like their form of waterboarding or whatever. Like this is like torturous to experience, you know. Oh, I mean, I definitely don't think it was pleasant, but there was some other aspects of it that I think they were trying to utilize. So like, because there was a scientist in the back room that were like looking at different parts brain. and trying to figure yeah, out like I guess you're right. what's going on. But then of course, the more important thing is that Quaritch is like, he stops it. He hits the, he hits the abort button because he, even though this, he said, you're not my kid. He's starting to feel some sort of fatherly love for this this, Let this me child. Let personal angle. She's like, you're, he ain't your daddy. Yeah. And so he's like, yo, you know, and then he goes into the, the thing with him. And I love it. He's got to duck down as he goes into the little holding cell. And the kid goes nuts. And he, like, just holds him down because he's like, you weigh, like, five pounds compared to me. And again, all these all yeah. of these sequences, it's been so long since you've seen good CGI. Because, uh, like, we mentioned last week, like, We've been watching a lot of Marvel movies where the CG has just been rushed like crazy because mm-hmm. they got to get these movies out and COVID work conditions weren't great. So like these poor art departments and art houses that are getting contracted out to do a lot of the CG for these Marvel movies, they're rarely putting out their best work because they don't have a lot of time and uh, the budgets aren't great. And so like you kind of forget what it's like to see like this whole sequence. I'm like, I'm just looking for the hand to look weird on, on his body, on, on Spider's, like, yeah. human body. Like, where is where are we going to see a disconnect here? Where are we going to see, like, oh, this is obvious green screen or whatever. And, like, god damn, this movie is just so impressive on every front. Do you think they just, the, the Academy has already just boxed up the Oscars? Yeah. To send a wedding. They <laughs> I mean, got it. They're going to die. I would be so mad. I'd be like, we have to go up against no, Avatar. Have to, yeah. Ah, we're going to get slaughtered. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he's like, listen, kid, one or two ways. You can either come hang out with me a little bit, and we'll go for a little ride, or you got to stick you back in the green machine. And the kid's like, well, that sucked, so I'll yeah. come with you. Uh, get on the helicopter to go to go do some cool shit, and Corch has that one awesome moment where he's just like, taps on the glass of the helicopter <laughs> and is hanging off the side as it, as it pulls up. And Spider's like, it's actually just kind of cool, right? Yeah. He's a kid. And that's what I like about this. I mean, say what you will about the, the writing for this kid, but I think he does a good job of being conflicted about this because yeah. he is with humans, sort of. He's kind of with his dad. He's never really known. All this stuff's cool. And if you were a kid, you'd be like, oh, that's pretty cool. And so he doesn't really know what he's getting himself into, unfortunately. He will figure that out later. Meanwhile, yeah, I, I didn't mean to be like too mean on him. No, 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 I, no, I no, feel no. like there were some moments where I just didn't love his line delivery, but like, I think throughout the movie, whenever he's playing angry, conflicted kid, I think he's great. I think he does a great job. There was just some moments where it's, you know, little lines here and there. Like, Ooh. Yeah. Well, that's the writing. Yeah. <laughs> More so than anything else. Um, the, meanwhile, the Sully's just going through sleet and snow, just like the, the United States Postal Service, mm-hmm. just to get out to this cool island exactly like that. That, 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 that takes Quaritch about 15 minutes to get out to. But they're riding their dragons out there All these for five days straight. Amazing. Yeah, they land. Incredible. 
and they meet with the leader of this cool tribe whose name I forgot. The but his but the actor's Even, name. But before they leave, though, when they're like back in their home base in their little home, and they're kind of debating on whether to leave or not, there's just like a floating rock in their little like chill spot. And I was like, man, that that looks so good. <laughs> like all of this <laughs> looks amazing. Dude. Rock. And, and any time that they were in these sort of uh, softer moments where. They use like real like good mood lighting and mm-hmm. maybe it isn't outside or anything super drastic with action. Like there's nothing crazy happening when it's just two Navi talking to each other in a sort of dimly lit area with like a nice kind of rim light. Dude, it's the most impressive shit I've ever seen. And, and I life. love that James Cameron's like, all right, fuck it. Here, the eclipse works a little different. How does it work? It just makes everything look dope as yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> Constantly. And Andy turned to me and he was like, hey, what? did I miss the significance of the eclipse? Like, what happens? And I was like, oh, it's pitch black now. Pitch it just black. makes the animals Vin come Diesel out and start killing out. everyone. <laughs> um, can we talk about Zoe Saldana for a second? Absolutely. We can. I... I don't know if I, I haven't talked to any of you guys about this. You I thought it? she was terrible. Oh, really? I really? Because I, I feel like they didn't give her really any like in except for the last like kind of part where she goes, she gets really cool. All she does in this movie is cry. And I feel like they don't really give her like anything to well, do other than cry. Yeah, the John Boyega sort of like just yelling and crying and stuff. Yeah. But I did like all of the moments where she is. Like I, I think some of my favorite moments in the movie are her being the protective mother and wife, and like don't stand down these fucking guys, Jake Sully. Like, and, and he's like, no, come on, we we're in their place, we can't like be this way. I love those moments where it's just husband and wife and husband and wife kind of dealing, having to deal with each other. I loved every single one of those moments. I just wish that they doubled down on on the humor a bit more because there were some moments in this movie that you're supposed to maybe laugh at, and I was just like, oh, that didn't really hit for me, but. I, I thought she was great. I do th- I do see what you're saying though, but I I think it may be exacerbated a bit because we just saw her crying over her homeland in part one last week. <laughs> and then we're seeing that a lot here movie. again. Yeah. Well, also let's be honest, like Jake Sully and, and Natiri, like they're not the main characters. It's the kids yeah. that we're really focusing on. I think a lot of the focus of that and a lot of the emotional journey we're on is with them. And so she's just sort of reacting to that, unfortunately. And like to, to be honest, the Jake Sully character for me is not it's kind of one-dimensional as well. Yeah. So I think I was way more interested in the dynamic of the brothers, obviously, because I have an older brother, who we all know. Uh, and then the Grace character, I thought, was the most fascinating aspect of this whole thing, which, oh, yeah. of course, Avatar 3 is going to be probably all about that. And, like, them figuring out that she can control the world and be like, we got to grab her next or whatever, take her to the blue machine, pull some images out of that, or green machine, rather. And um, the way of the Fire Nation attacks. Everything <laughs> changed that day. And then they're like, we got to go hang out with the horse people now. And it's like, hi, I'm a horse guy. Play I love rock. all the animals, man. All the Pokemonization Ew. of it all. It's like, this is so... Let's so like, Every movie just introduce a new thing for us to like put my little hair penis in, you know? Yeah, uh, you, gotta, you gotta just connect, right? Yeah. Um, when you just see those animals, like, ooh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thick hair penis. <laughs> <laughs> they always... They do have sort of like a... It's a, it's a painful Guys, reaction. Let's, let's not talk about it. Let's just you know? past it. They their eyes so they get back tell in their head with like, that name. perfect blend of pain no, and pleasure. Oh, I hate Anyhow, they head out to the sea people <laughs> and they meet with the king who's played by Cliff Curtis. And if you don't know Cliff Curtis, he's an awesome actor. He was in Fear of the Walking Dead. And then the first time I saw him, he was the head of the gang in Training Day. Wait, he was fucking terrified. Is he the cool dude in Fear of the Walking Dead? Like from season one, at least? I think so. What, what did you say his name was? Cliff Curtis. Cliff Curtis. Cliff Curtis. You'll know him when you see him. He's been in a ton of stuff. Nah, Great. nah, not who I'm thinking about. Oh, yeah. oh, he's the main the main dad. He was the main guy in season one. one. Okay, okay, cool. Uh, uh, his wife, I oh, believe, I like is him. Yeah, he's awesome. 
There was something was about the, the, the wife that I, I just, I really wanted to paint her like one of my French girls. You got to paint her like a French girl. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I'll tell you right now. Paint her like a French girl. Yeah. It's Kate Winslet. Well, I love Kate motherfucking Winslet, which I didn't know until we saw the credits. And I was like, who's Kate Winslet? And then I was like, we were looking it up and I was like, oh my God, it was yeah. like the pregnant mom. Yeah. Like, that's wild. Yeah. The whole time I, I knew that obviously she played a main role because there was a maybe a morning show we did where we talked about sort of like little news coming out of the making of avatar in 2015 and yeah <laughs> or maybe it was like i don't know a stream or something like that but we had read that she was able to hold her breath for over five minutes yeah wait kate winslet kate winslet yeah. it's cool in these like because they were filming underwater and like she was the one who was able to hold her breath for over five minutes and uh, that like it made the news, and for a reason, because that's incredible. That's, that's like some Navy think, SEAL not, shit, right? Yeah. There. Do you think James Cameron was like training her during Titanic? Of like, listen, in like twenty years, we're gonna make another movie, and you just really need It'll to like hone it. this yeah. skill. No, he really I, likes to let his actors drown a little. Yeah, it was a brutal shoot, Titanic. I'm sure Kate Winslet was like, "I'll work oh, no, with I was you." Joking in about the abyss. Two decades. Oh yeah, well, that, was, that was true as well. What's his face? Uh, fun fact: I don't know if you guys, you didn't bring it up though. The voice of the whale. Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh. Yeah. oh. No, wow. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Gia thought it was real. What? Yeah. yeah, they got him back for the Billy Zane's in there. Yeah. I have a child. Uh, anyway. Uh, Can they you imagine out. if he would have been the one that was Spider's dad? <laughs> they go out to the sea people and they're like, we need we need refuge. We're, we're, we're asking for that. And he's like, all right, man, but you guys are going to bring this war to us. And they're like, nah, no way. And he's like, oh, I think you will in about 45 minutes. You're going to bring that war to our doorstep. But the bigger concern, of course, is that they're not sea people. They're forest people. And they don't know shit about the sea. They can't swim. They don't have the cool dolphin or the cool flipper tails. They don't have the webbed hands. They're just totally going to be – they have to figure this out. To which Jake's always like, listen, we're going to have to work hard. You guys are going to have to figure this out. We'll keep up. Don't worry. And we get the training montage of all the kids yeah. not being able to hold their breath except Grace, who is just always in touch with everything around her. And we learn subtly and slowly that she actually can sort of – convene with all of these things in a very, very different way than any of the other Navi, which I think is, in my opinion, the coolest part of this whole movie. That thread for me, was I was absolutely fascinated by that, not the least of which because Sigourney Weaver's fucking rat. Um, of course, the other kids having some difficulty figuring each other out. They get in fights all the time, to which Jake's always like, dude, they're going to kick us out. We have nowhere else to go. We got to live with those fucking horse people, and I don't want to live with those people. Yeah. <laughs> they suck. The mountain people suck. Um, so you got to make people? nice. What's that? Aren't they the they're mountain horse people? people. Oh, they're, they're horse, horse people. people. Mm-hmm. Well, they're also floating mountain people. I'm making shit up, Joey. I don't know how many, I don't know how many other tribes there are. I assume there's mountain people. I assume there's some skiers. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that are like, their feet are super long. Like, <laughs> people in slopes. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, the family's all trying to figure this out. They eventually fall in love with the ocean, as do we, because we're seeing all this incredible imagery. <laughs> I just picture, like, Navi with giant, like, ski-like feet. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, really inconvenient to walk around. It's like, summertime just sucks for that. <laughs> I, I think this is like an incredibly special sequence that we sit in for a long time, like we've talked about, where uh, in the last couple of years, we've seen underwater used a fair amount of times in movies, like most recently with Wakanda Forever. We saw Aquaman a couple of years ago, very different takes on what underwater kingdoms can look like and just underwater in general. I really appreciated this movie's use of, like Andy was saying earlier, it's not underwater Atlantis type stuff. It's more just like just a little bit underwater and then like above the water as well and like playing with that and the the band she designs or whatever they're called in this uh the the whatever the variants of them here um where they like use their tails in the water it's like just such cool choices yeah. that like just make it all feel a lot more real and I, uh, something i was talking about with g on the drive home is like 
this movie to me is one of those ones where I the moment you try to outthink the movie, like you're gonna lose and you're not gonna enjoy it. You right. kind of just need to like just just understand that mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff is one dimensional, but those one dimensions add up to emotion and add up to it kind of all working. And I think that these bits here of the kids learning the water instead of it being Jake necessarily, but also dealing with each other, dealing with the other kids, like all of it, it feels very authentic. And to me, it feels like really good storytelling, really basic, really simple, but really effective storytelling. Uh, the parts where they're walking around in their canopies when they just arrived there and they're oh. kind of, yeah, the kids are like, yeah, the, it, kind of like a bouncing almost like hammock type material Mm -hmm. and then the little banshees are kind of like popping out of the water like mark that as like number two out of 45 where i'm going like god damn this is unbelievably good looking uh of course this all leads to a point where grace is looking at some 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 sand and they're like, wow, this girl's this weird. Fucking yeah. weird. <laughs> so they, so they rightfully Big Harry like Potter, Luna Lovegood vibe. <laughs> yeah, uh, not rightfully, but they they pick on her, unfortunately. And uh, the older brothers step up and just start knocking people around, and they get into a fight. To which Jake's always like, "Look, dude, we talked about this. You got to go make good with this guy, kid." And he's like, "He's an asshole." And he's like, "I don't care. We're in their house. This is the last place we can go. Go make good." And of course, what do the kids do? They're like, "Oh yeah, no problem. Come hang out with us outside." Listen, <coughs> listen, kids. We get the hair. We get the finding me moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, listen, kids. If if well, you got a group of friends that you want to get in with, <laughs> right? And yeah. they want you to go outside of the reef. Do it. Okay, be cool. <laughs> okay, or else do no the movie. drugs. Say yes. Exactly. Say yes to adventure. Exactly. Yeah. Buy the ticket, take the ride. I, I did. I did really enjoy seeing the kind of um, relationship between the two brothers here, where the younger brother is picking the fight, and the older brother is like trying to stop it, and then he kind of smiles, like, "All right, I'm gonna fucking fight uh, with you." And then we get, and then we get a great little moment between you know Sully being like. Uh, how do they look? Are they fucked up too? He's yeah. like, worse than us. Fucking love that. Yeah. Again, and I've I want seen more it before. Of that. It's yeah. kind of simple, but it's like I, I enjoy that stuff uh, a lot. And what I appreciate about this part of the movie is this is the first time I was like, oh shit. Like they took Spider in the beginning, and that was like right when he was introduced. So it was a little less, oh, I'm worried about him, but that was more throughout the movie. But when the brother goes out across the reef, I was like, I'm genuinely concerned. And the fact that there's so many kids, any of them could have died. And yeah. like I think that they did a good job of having that many kids. Which, by doing that, made me care about all of them more because I actually was like, oh, they're all disposable. But you didn't know how it was going to go. Yeah. Very true. Uh, they, of course, they ditch this kid. It sucks. And he gets attacked by a giant sea monster. And it's a very, very scary scene. And again, it's James Cameron like playing. Snake kind of snake kind of teeth. Yeah. Well, you like, know what it reminded me a lot of? Uh, the, the monster from Tremors. Oh, yeah. Where the mouth kind of opens up in yeah. multiple different ways with the teeth in the front. Was James it like Cameron. a tripod kind of tooth? Situation? Yeah, kind of, kind of. Yeah. Th- it's yeah. three teeth kind of opening up like that. Yeah, kind of a little predator esque almost too. Uh, Let me get a classic Little Mermaid sequence. Yeah, chasing was... through, busting through all the shit. Yeah. Uh, James Cameron, of course, a master of playing with that tension that comes with people having to hold their breath, uh, and that's always scary because he's oh. hiding there for a second. You're like, it's coming, and then he starts and the, like, and the jump scares are loud, bro. Moment, man, yeah. When when he's all, like drowning, I was like, uh oh, this motherfucker's done. Yeah, he's yeah. done. Uh, of course, he goes up, and he's saved by this big whale species who saves him, and they become friends. And he's like, yo, I need you to take this this little thing out of my my wing. And he's like, oh, I get it. And he goes down there and twists it off and takes it off. And then he goes, he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this cool underwater sign language that we have to communicate with one another to communicate with you. And the whale just, like, telepathically inputs signals into his head, or apparently he speaks whale. I don't know. They I didn't laughed. really talk— 
hysterically when this happened. Okay, I, we when heard he you. He was guys. like, <laughs> when, everyone heard you. Kevin. When, I mean, yeah. it was so dumb. Like there was no way to understand. Like to for me to know that the whales were smart. Later they explain it. Right. Should have had that scene first. But he just he's like, hey whale, tell me about your like what's he's wrong. Hurt. It's painful. <laughs> it's too painful. It's too painful. That's what he says. Okay. <laughs> well, they become friends, and he goes back and tells everyone about that. And they're like, you you can't be friends with that guy. He's an outcast from his species. <laughs> Like, are we really going to talk about this? I'm like, yeah, we sure are for the next 30 minutes. Let's talk about the whales, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> They're a highly advanced species, uh, smarter than anything else on the planet, similar to, that's right, Tim, the dolphins from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You remember that? Do you think you're going to get that reference today? No. Well, let's talk about these whales for 30 more minutes. They come and go with the seasons, and they come and they're all they're they're basically like uh, spirit friends of the sea people. Uh, the the queen of the sea people, of course, played by Kate Winslet, is like homies with this other person, uh, and she just had a kid. Like, oh my god, your kids are so little baby in the water, is so baby. Cute. But all so of these cute. all of these whales outcast the other whale because <laughs> he killed. And they don't kill anymore. They used to be a warring species back in the day, and they were like, "This is going to be our end." Uh, and so they're like, "We're not, no more killing, no, no, no more even killing in self-defense." Important note. So that's why they keep getting hunted by uh, the, the the hunters that we're going to see a little bit later. But they've outcast this one guy. We don't know why yet. We don't know why. And then of course the kids like he tells everyone like, "You can't hang out with him. You're going to be. We have to banish you if you hang out with him." And he's like, "No, you guys don't understand. Like he's a pretty cool guy." They're like, "No, he's a killer. <laughs> he's a pretty cool dude. Nah, he's chill as fuck. Right? Yeah. He's, 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 he bought no me one, beer." Was <laughs> no one blown away that these whales could communicate somehow? And, uh, look, no, they all communicate some, somehow. Yeah, no, but I, the whole I will say the that first the, movie. The, the birds don't. I, I will say it would have been a lot less weird had at any other moment an animal make a noise and a subtitle pop up. But like when it when it's too painful popped up, <laughs> like I, I look, I enjoyed the movie. I recommend you go watch it. But I but I thought to myself like this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> like, is, <laughs> like and and it I'm felt gonna like the boys. I like know when, like give me five minutes, I'll be on board. But this is silly as shit right now. Yeah, yeah. it did feel like the boys of the the deep. Yeah, the deep. Uh, of course he's like, I gotta go ask my buddy about this. What's going on? So he goes, I was like, what really happened? And man, this scene. Kind of confusing and convoluted. <laughs> a bunch of whales are attacking one of this, these big boats. It's like a whaling boat. Wait, yeah, I wait, went no, to the on, I went on, to the restroom on. here because I remember Jim Cameron. Uh, we call him Jim. Jim Cameron Jim. saying, "Go to the restroom. You'll be fine. You're going to watch this movie several times in theaters," which is like badass. another badass thing to say. Uh, so I went to the restroom and I came back and I asked Nick what happened. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember Nick's response, but I don't think it was accurate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is, is this when he goes inside the whale? No, that's later. Oh, that's when Nick. No, that oh. no. Nick told me he was like yeah. he went inside the whale, and I thought he was joking. Oh, wait, oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, when the, I the, think, the, yeah, yeah, I kid think, goes in the whale. I think you're jumping <laughs> ahead a little, Nick. But yeah, that moment where the whale opens up, the, the like his friends <laughs> are like, no, 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 stop, the stop, like stop. don't do it. Oh yeah. my god, he's gonna do it. Holy shit, he did it. And he's like, <laughs> and here's my little connector piece, and he's like, I don't think you should be. Plugging in. It so like unfurls and he's like, and it's hey, like big. Little, oh, he hair penis with the whale? He hair penis with the whale. It looked like a, you know, a fern. Have you ever seen a plant like a fern yeah, plant? Like like a what, are, what are those? Fern. Oh, no, not, not, not the ferns. The, yeah, no, it's the, fern. the plants that have little tiny leaves and they fern. unfurl a little bit. Fern. So this little, imagine a fern that looks like a giant penis. It was like Andrew Garfield's trying to grab Gwen. Oh, with the web. Okay, okay. It was gross. But in a, 
the whale mouth. Inside the whale mouth. It was very Pinocchio. And is, Pinocchio is it near the spot where they drill the brain fluid that makes you live forever? Yes, it's right it's above it. Out. Now, I know that's later in this movie, but I fucking love James Cameron. Just giving a big old fuck you to everyone. Hey, guess what? Here's this thing. What are you doing with the whale? I don't know. We're just going to fucking shove this thing, suck the stuff. What's the stuff? Oh, it's super important. It's super valuable. We're never going to fucking really name it something important because you know this is unobtainium bullshit, motherfuckers. Yeah. We don't give a <laughs> shit if you thought it was stupid. We're going to do it again. It's the most expensive thing in the world, even more than an opinion. Even more, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. But the thing in part three, it's going to be more expensive than this. <laughs> <laughs> Just you wait for that. But I mean, I feel like this is going to be the thing in part three because they barely, like, this was definitely like a sequel tease type thing, right? Like, I feel like we didn't really get much of it. In of the, the whales? Movie. Of the juice. Oh, <laughs> the, the juice stuff. Juice. Yeah. The juice. <laughs> well, we'll, I, get, look, to the, we'll I, get to the, ju- the, the golden amber in, in a little bit. But we I, got- I, I hope they don't bring back. The guy who got his arm cut off. Okay. Oh, <laughs> the fucking 3D arm. Yeah. We'll get Which to that later. Blue in there. Does anyone think that like Andy Circus would have played it better? You know what I'm talking about, Andy? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Are you pro Andy Circus? Yeah, I now? thought you hated him. That was a trick question. You guys all just fucking <laughs> failed. Wait, you guys just all just failed. <laughs> nah, Andy, yeah, you actually pay. Uh, I don't know. I'm conflicted. Andy Circus. <laughs> good, good at a lot of stuff. I, like, I don't know yeah, what side I'm on. I give him shit. He's a great actor. Uh, anyway. Uh, so he goes in there, we see this whale thing, and he's like, I guess this was the one whale who's like, no, dude, I'm breaking this. I'm going after these fucking people, and he got a lot of people killed, unfortunately. Uh, so he's been outcast, unfortunately. Uh, so from there, now we catch up with a whole other group of people. Quaritch is like, I'm commandeering your ship. And this guy's like, I'm a whaler, man. I'm out here on the high seas. I got to make my money. I got a quota. So you're getting in my way. And the guy's like, I'm going to ask nice one more time. And that's it. And the guy has the best line of the whole movie. Well, if you can't get out of it, let's get into it. And he, like, slaps someone's ass. He's like, let's go. Let's, let's go. go kill, let's go kill some people, right? <laughs> so they go out on all these uh, uh, these raids, which are very reminiscent of, like, a, a, like a Vietnam-era uh, Marines raiding villages and burning shit down and threatening to kill people. And it's horrifying. And, of course, during the spider seas, what is – What's the horrors of what he's actually helping to do? He's very, very like, I don't want to do this anymore. This is horse shit. Um, I really thought they were going to shoot that lady in the head. I thought they yeah. were too, yeah. but they just killed the little sea whale banshee anyway, and everyone's like, eh, we got They burned bullets. the whole village. Just fuck yeah, up, man. But they're just, they'll, they'll just it's rehang this stuff. Up. They got every, all those villages have a Kevin. They're like, Kevin, we'll be back in <laughs> I got it. Kevin's are weaving. A yeah, God, <laughs> the idea of <laughs> Kevin Avatar. Uh, that's out there now. <laughs> call it Kevin, uh, Kevin, not me. <laughs> um, so, can we call you it Kevin Avatar? Avatar. Avatar. Ah man, let's add that to the next intro for Avatar Three. So, uh, Quartz is like, listen, spoiler. these people aren't going to budge. They're not gonna. We can kill them all. They're not gonna budge. They they've taken a vow of silence. And per the king's request, of course, Cliff Curtis is like, I told them to shut the fuck up, and they listened to me. And so he's like, we got to do something bigger to 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 pull these people out. And that's when they go to the whalers, and they're like, we're gonna we got to kill some stuff. And they have this horrifying scene where they track this mother whale down with her cow, uh, or calf rather, awful. and it's awful. And they kill this thing. And he goes, and and they go inside. They drag it on, and, he, and and they go inside of it. And he's like, here's what we kill him for. And they drill a little hole into its upper palate. And pull down a little vial of juice that's worth $80 million. Which you have to imagine for inflation in the year whenever this is. It's only like, I don't know, a million dollars now. You know, I don't know how inflation works, but apparently it's $80 million. Yeah, still I thought a lot they were going to go with a bigger number. Value. I thought yeah. it was going to be worth like a billion, right? This yeah. was, because apparently, just so everyone knows, this world of Pandora is rich in two resources. Unobtainium, mm-hmm. which, which we, we just unabashedly stole from the core. 
The classic Aaron Eckhart. The core. <laughs> Hillary Swank film, okay. The Core, right? Which, among other things, I think allows shit to float, right? Isn't that what Untanium does? Yeah. Like a, for, the their, for their ships, yeah. right? Uh, and two, these whales have amber juice. And this golden juice, immortality. It Hell grants yeah. immortality, Gia. That's, yeah, that's valuable. They got the juice. There's a lot of stuff going on in this. A lot of double mumbo jumbo. Where I was like, we're just going to gloss over the fact that these people can live forever now. Because I'd be like this. Let's put a little bit on my gums. Let yeah. me live. Let me be the, the ripe old age of 35 for the rest of my life, right? Yeah. So yeah. a lot of questions here. Like, um, I think the, the casting with these two bad guys, terrible. I love Jermaine Clement. I do too. I don't know why they good. Why did they make him American? I don't know why they said keep your American accent when the other guy was Aussie. So like I figured I got a New Zealand accent would have worked. Um, Jermaine Clement is just so miscast. (laughs) It's awful. 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 All of this is just terrible. I hate these two villains. We spend way too much time with them. And if it was a minute long of them being on screen, it would have been too much time. Like they are such a waste. When he's being, they could have cast so many people that could have been good in this role and would have made me like i i really feel like this whole part of the movie brings this movie down to like a four out of five for me because it's just so unenjoyable for me i i wish that it was like <laughs> a giovanna rubisi type like bring back bring sam rockwell let justin hammer oh, be the bad sam guy rockwell you know what i mean but andy turned to me at one point so there's a moment in this movie that i'm like wow that's actually bad it's very bad it's probably the worst thing i've ever seen in a james cameron movie where the whale grabs the harpoon line <laughs> and goes underneath the water and starts lassoing it because apparently they're highly evolved and when they want to fight back, they're fucking sea badasses, right? And Jermaine Clement looks over at the bad guy and goes, who's got the harpoon now? While the thing's about to Just fucking fly them. into the air and kill yeah. them. Which I'm like, what? It was so it's such a tonally terrible line delivery. And then he has another one right afterward. You're like, Cut it out. Cut that I out. Did, I did think it was pretty amusing. I agree with everything you're saying, but just Thank you, in one note of defense, I do think it was pretty amusing that Jermaine just had utter visible contempt for the other dude. Like, I thought that was, that could have been funny. It could have been cool. It yeah. could have been awesome. Could have been its own story, right? right? It could have been like, it could have been very much um, that dynamic between, if you're just going back to the abyss. Uh, could have joined the scientist crew. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying, right? We, Cameron's great at saying, like, hey, we're going to put these diametrically opposed people. In, in, and then, like, there's always a group of scientists who are, like, altruistic, trying to figure something out. And then a group of corporate people that are trying to come in and, and capitalize Wong off of it, right? You got uh, Paul Reiser from Aliens, right? You've got uh, Michael Bean well, from, from The Abyss, yeah. right? No, oh, he would have been so fun. He would have been great. But but this Indeed. was, I just think, one or two more characters that we just didn't need. We didn't need there to be a character there who's like, hey, audience, just so you know, this is bad. We got it, right? We but, love these whales. Younger kids, like, this is my, my only friend in the world is a whale. <laughs> so we love these things. We didn't need, it's a shockingly horrifying scene. We don't need another character there to tell us that. Well, I don't, I don't care about what the scene showed. Like, it's, I think it's, I think it's fine that they show this shit. It's depressing and really, really fucked up. Um, I, I it's just more of like the characters doing it that made me care less. <laughs> like, well, because it dumbs down the 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 tension of it, right? When you have a bat, when a character that's there who's supposed to be the moral compass for the audience, right? In case you didn't freaking know that killing animals is bad, 
he goes, hey, this is bad. I'm only doing this for the research. But when he's bad, you're like, oh, well, I don't know. They're cannon yeah. fodder, man. It was yeah. all just like set up to have you, them die in a cool way. And I fucking loved it. They're, they're characters that I despised on camera. And then when they died and one of them got their arm ripped off, I cheered fucking loudly. But Jared, I don't think you're supposed to despise the Jermaine Clement character. I think he's supposed to be a character that's sympathetic, right? I think he should have been like, I'm going to be the one that smashed the controls and pushed the thing into the thing, right? Because these fucking guys suck. And I'm, I'm so torn by this because... It's similar to like almost I, the Grace, the Doctor Grace character in the beginning, where he's like, "I'm just here to do research, and this is a, a necessary evil in order to do that." And you kind of sympathize with that, but the characters. I wouldn't go that there, far. I don't know. I'd say there are some characters <laughs> in movies that I'm happy get killed off because I think they're that bad. I don't want to see them anymore. And there are characters like Homelander that you love to despise, yeah, and because they are so despicable and they have such good characterization and great screen presence. And I feel like these dudes had nothing; like no boxes were checked. You know, put in Cross from Ant Man. I feel like I would have enjoyed him more. That's Shut a crazy. Up, that's a crazy. Wow, that is a crazy Andy yeah. Cortez taking. <laughs> hates Darren Cross <laughs> Man, for all the right and wrong reasons. I also take back my Vincent D'Onofrio endorsement from you, Tim, because hmm. he was terrible in Jurassic World. He was fantastic in. He was exactly what we wanted from this in Jurassic World. I kind of I forgot. Feel like it, he was great. He was like he, eating it all up. Yeah, but he was him? also so we good at Men in Black. He was like so per he was From perfectly the bad guy. Who he just, was a very cartoony okay. bad yeah. guy for sure. Yeah, but like Maybe. yeah, I would have enjoyed him a lot more here for sure. Looking for a cat, a pet cat. Miss <laughs> 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 world to me. Remember, he's like sugar water. in water. Mm -hmm. It's a shame that we've never done that. I'll I'll dress Andy up as Vincent D'Onofrio right now. No further. What does that mean? I don't even know. I didn't hear what, I didn't hear what Joey said. Plot, I just took Nick. a jump. I just took a jump That's into not, it. Sorry, <laughs> not what I. Not what did you say? What did I you said say? it's a disservice that we've never done that series. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, they'll do another one eventually. I'll dress up Andy like Vincent D'Onofrio right now. <laughs> <laughs> Which one do you think he'd dress you up as? Do you think it's Men in Black? Do you think you'd get to be Kingpin? Like, am I wearing the Vincent D'Onofrio like body, like suit, skin suit from Men in <laughs> Black? He's like seven feet tall. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we got to put you on stilts. Anyway, uh, they kill the whale and they leave. He's like, hey, we're going to take all the little floaties off. He's like, no, 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 leave it. I want them to know it's us because I want them to come. And uh, they do. And it's a very gripping scene where Kate Winslet is like, has to cry over her friend who just had, who waited so many seasons to have her child and the, ch and the kid. The most fucking sad thing in this whole movie is that the, the, the son dies too next to the mom because he doesn't have the resources not to, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. But it's really, really sad. Fucking crap, it was really cool. sad. I also laughed really hard. I'm sorry. Because I didn't... Kate Winslet's delivery of some of those lines, I Damn, did not think that they yeah. were <laughs> there was You just don't like the Navi. You're, <laughs> heartless. You're heartless. Yeah. You're I heartless. know. There was something about the way... And I know that they had set up with like the whales dramatic. write songs or whatever like that. But the way she said it, just I, I felt really bad because I was the only one laughing at it. But Joey, I, I laughed with you. Thank you. I, and yeah, the line of like, she wrote the most beautiful songs. <laughs> <laughs> I thought like, it was right. super funny. I don't Yeah, Kate Winslet didn't really do it for me either. Sorry, I'm just double checking that I still have a heart. <laughs> I don't know. No, I thought this was a good scene. But uh, I think maybe you just don't, it, it's hard for you to see the, the characters emote through the CG, which I think is different. 100%. It's very, very difficult. And I think that's, that's the challenge specifically with a lot of those really intense character moments is that. And, and a lot of the reasons why I think that a, a three-hour runtime for Titanic works versus this is because we're actually watching human beings that subconsciously you have that connection with because they're the humans on screen. Whereas this is like, no matter how good the CGI is, at a certain point you're like, 
a cat person with some ears Could right in front of me. Could not disagree more, man. <laughs> sometimes, oh, I'm just saying, sometimes it. for me, it's, it's difficult. Like, my body, my brain goes, what? Okay, we got to get back into it. There's a little disconnect there. Well, that's why I think, actually, and I know I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but one of the best, most powerful performance, moments of performance in the movie is when Zoe Zaldana's character is just becoming an animal. And it's, like, really physical. And you see it on her face, but it's also just, like... 100%. Yeah. Emoting from her yeah. body and feral. Yeah. And it's, I mean, that was like quite I, a good performance. In that moment, like, I, I was actually scared for Spider that she was going to be so blind and totally. full of hatred. That and she you see that on his performance. Yeah, and oh, his yeah, performance absolutely. was really was excellent, too. Yeah. That, it was a, a gripping moment. Would have thought they had a little bit of a moment after that together. Yeah. Would have thought she'd have been like, hey, for. sorry about that whole scar, permanent scar on your chest thing now that I gave yeah, you. And him being like, me. I am terrified of you now. Yeah. But she, they were just like, but we also got hints at the end, and he never felt like. She never felt like he was part of the crew. Like he's an outsider; he doesn't belong here. She would have loved to seen one moment where he was like, "Hey, so that we have what, unfinished business." So what we'll happened back there? Way. We like be cool, or <laughs> would you have like, no, like, I don't know. Did you mean it? And she's like, yeah. "Ah, come on." But don't, you, but don't you also think that that sort of drove him even more so to save his dad in that I think moment so. because yeah. he was yeah. being driven sort of away from the family that I, he had had up until that point. I absolutely hated the fi- like one of the like last lines of. A son for a son, and it's like get the fuck out oh, of here! Like, terrible. don't I why? How can you say that? That was a terrible. How can you say that? Awesome. <laughs> so we're not quite there yet, though. We still got about mm, an hour and fifteen minutes left of this movie, uh, including what I think is going into the most interesting and stunning aspect of it, which is the war sequence where they have to assault this big ship. Uh, they get everyone together, and he's like, "Look, man, I got your kids here." Uh, I forget how he gets the kids. I think because they trap the yeah, like, they trap friend them. outcast whale. That's yeah. right. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, they track that. That's cool. As shit. They've got all the cool, cool. robots, which got the arms that come in and out. We've got the little bell, the little bell-shaped uh, sea creatures that they can breathe in, and all that stuff. All that stuff's really cool. Uh, at one point, I think I really glossed over this, which is an important point. Grace uh, convenes with their underwater tree and has a seizure because she goes in and sees her mom and like all this stuff. And you're like, whoa, she's like hell hyper-powered right now. Uh, they bring her out. We have a great moment between Kate Winslet and Zoe Saldana where she's like, hey, you're the, I forget the whatever the position was, but she's like, Dometic, basically. <coughs> what are you doing? And she goes, fine, clear these stupid idiots out of here. Get out of here, JB from Grandma's Boy. Still in it, though. You just had too many. The whole crew is like back. <laughs> it is such a bummer that the one shitty bad guy isn't back, though, because he was gold. Which one, Giovanni? Yeah. 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 yeah, he's incredible. He's great and everything. Uh, she's like, so she saves her, and they have a moment, and she's like, okay, now we're home. Does she though? She like sticks her with a needle a couple times. It's acupuncture. Yeah, I know it doesn't. And work. then blows on her. Yeah, she's acupuncture like showing like, hey, this is the spiritual way to heal. Yeah. Like yeah. your 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 it. medicine is not working. Yeah, it's also possible that Grace just came out of it. Was like, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah, we'll never know. That's probably it. Right. There. They don't keep records like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, also, wait, real quick, one other question. So the people that die on this planet and are like connected to uh giving back to Awa live stream Awa yeah like they they are still kind of in there is that what Well they me- I think it's the, I think it's what their we talked memories. about earlier where their their consciousness their memories are in there so you can go in and kind of convene with them in a spiritual way similar to like yeah, the, was that on the D drive or where Yeah oh, I mean was, is that like I, do we think that someday they're going to bring Sigourney Weaver back into her because they're keeping her body around for something right Yeah presumably which yeah, you would have thought that I mean, body. This would've... movie franchise already sets up. There's a thing that lets you live forever, and you can also just clone people. So it's like that's the world. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I would not be surprised if we see Sigourney Weaver back in any way, shape, or form. 
Uh, so the the two opposing sides square off against each other, and Quaritch is like, "Look, we got your kids. You come over here peacefully. We take you. We let the kids go. That's that's what it's gonna happen." Absolutely and, gripping. I'm and, in this and, shit, and yeah. I'm just like, we're seeing the like the face off of him with the kids versus Sully, and I'm just like, "Fuck!" Like, I don't want something bad to happen to these characters at this moment. I I, I think the thing that kind of bothers me in this moment, and it's a little tiny nitpick, but it's, I'm gonna kill your kids if you don't come over here, Jake. Right, like I, I, I will, I will kill them, and then the whales kind of come and save the day and cause chaos. Mm-hmm. But at that point, like, I don't know why Quaritch just doesn't go. Hey, I'll, I'll still fucking kill him. All right, like, or I forget what the exact terms are. Right, like, turn yourself in. Is it like turn yeah, yourself come, in? Yeah, I mean, and I'll you come here or at least the kids. Where you, where uh, but it seems like the whales come attack, and then like the Everything kids are totally derailed. safe now. Yeah, also, yeah, like, kill the kids. There's a couple you know of things I mean? that, yeah, happen like, in the sequence. If you're going to be a bad guy, be in. The kids get caught, they get out, they get caught again. Uh, one thing that kind of is, it, it's not nitpicky so much, but when I point it out, you're going to be like, huh, right. Is that this goes, the, the eclipse happens. Uh, we go into the night, which is cool, more dramatic, the lighting's incredible, and all of the sequences. Uh, Jake and, and after the whale attack, which is great, and the guy loses his arm, uh, uh, Jake and Atiri have to mount this attack seemingly by themselves yeah what, what happens what the, the hell happened to the rest of the sea people where are they how come they're not helping with this where, where do they just bounce what, what's crazy is like was it mateo the name of his kid that dies Nateo, i think Nateo. or Anyways, i'll look it up real quick he's on a rock Nateam. with the the tribe leader's daughter yeah so like and like the parents are nowhere to be seen they're alive because we see them later but like they just left it doesn't make any sense. It, it's a very yeah. big, unfortunate plot hole for me. Because while they were midway through the sequence where they're, like, squaring off, obviously it makes more, it's more better for tension when it's, like, 2v2, not 30 versus 1. But I was like, I would, I would probably call that guy afterward and be like, yeah, what happened to you? <laughs> like, what, where were you, man? I lost where the kid. My that? son died. Like, what the, what the literal hell happened there? Um, but I guess they had other stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, there's no explanation for it unless I missed it. And, again, comments. Let me know in the comments below. I won't look at you. Um, uh, I I do also just want to call out all of this in the daytime before the eclipse hits. I love all this. The action's phenomenal. The aerial sort of anytime uh, Natiri is hitting somebody in the chest with an arrow or in the head through the ship is the coolest shit of of all time. And Jake with his gun gunning down people and uh, all of the maneuver maneuverability. I guess is the word I'm looking for. Uh, it's just awesome. Choreography is Choreography, so great yeah. here. I'm a big fan of it. And then um, this nighttime fight sequence, awesome as hell, too. Like, it is. I mean, it's an all-timer. It is yeah. so, like, it, I am, my back is just tense because the, I'm dude, just so Jake, scared for these characters. Jake has a moment where he kills a guy and seem, and simultaneously takes his gun off of him and then starts shooting dude, everyone. It's, I was like, that was badass. The, the choreography is fantastic. The look of it's great. And it does the Return of the Jedi thing where there's the multiple planes of action and you're equally invested in what's happening with each group of kids or adults or just whatever it is. And the tension's right, and it's a beautiful thing where, unlike things like Return of the Jedi, where it's kind of somewhere in space, somewhere on land, somewhere this, it's all the same set piece, and that set piece is a giant ship that is turning Titanic style while the water's <laughs> rising. So all of our characters are dealing with the same, like, disastrous set piece mm-hmm. in different ways in, like, tandem with each other. And I was yeah. like, this is just absolutely stunning. Like, this is one of the coolest final acts like action sequences in any movie I've ever seen. And like I think it's gonna be very tough to top. Uh or topple. 
as the boat would have it. So we see all that stuff. I think there was a natural point here where I was like, oh, I think the movie's going to end here, which is where they like square off. We have the we have the kid for the kid, and they and he and he and he has that moment where she's like, I'm going to kill your son. And he's like, it's not my kid. But then she calls his bluff, and he lets go. And it's a great moment for Quaritch where you're like, oh shit, this is something different. I thought I was like, what a great place to just end it, right? And he goes, you know, he's going to come back for you. He was like, yeah, we should probably just end this now. And I'm like, oh, of course. But to me, I'm like, no, it, I it fucking was, love that. Let's, let's like fucking that. go. I know you got to do it. But for me, it was a disappointment because grander scale, they're just going to – this is a massive corporation that's just going to keep sending people after you. Of course someone else is going to come after you. This is a wonderful moment where you're like, or we could be cool and figure this out in a different way, which I thought was going to lead into a little bit. Nah, whatever. We got to fight. Knife fights in the dark with lit by flame. All right, I'm back in. doesn't matter. Yeah. We're cool. Uh, well, I mean, Quartz is the reason why his son is dead. Like, in that moment. Oh, yeah, I forgot about you that. You have to go for the kill. Like, but it's also just that hype moment of – you're right. Let's get this shit let's done now. Up. Like Jake's I, I am here. pumped the fuck up right now yeah. in the theater, dude. So they fight, and Jake. I they will end say, up- I was confused because they like lit all of the ocean on fire. Whatever. Could they not have like swum underneath that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can. Like, especially like, when especially, the kids back go back the to the ship. Specifically. Especially when we've established these kids can now because of training hold their breath for like yeah min- twenty minutes, and you would assume. Jake would have had that training too, but he did not. Apparently, he doesn't have to swim ever. And that, earlier, I was saying in the pre-spoiler stuff where I was just like, there was multiple times in the movie. I'm like, what's Nateri and Jake up to? Like, <laughs> where, are they, where are they at? Have yeah. they been doing training? And they just didn't show us, and I, I guess not. I guess not. I guess they. I mean, he did his training. I, I with he's the been mingling. He's been politicking. I with think they were just. Well, I think he was just worn the fuck out. Like I, him trying to get away in the sequence after just having. What, one thing I wanted to bring up was I was like, they they made such a big deal out of the breath stuff, right? I assumed this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a walk, so please stick with me. I know we're a bit long on this one, but there's a little movie that was made a long time ago called Navy Seals, starring Michael Bean, who was a James Cameron favorite, and Charlie Sheen. And in that, they talk about how badass. Mr. Bean's brother? Uh, no, different spelling. Mm. There's an H in one of them, I think. In that, they talk about <laughs> how awesome, like these guys can hold their breath for hours. And they have all these scenes where the Navy SEALs are like swimming underwater and cool. They're just badass. Because as a Navy SEAL, you have to be able to hold your breath for like 10 minutes or some crazy shit like that, right? People can actually do it. At the end, the bad guy and the good guy, who's Charlie Sheehan, are facing off against each other in, that's right, the ocean. And Charlie Sheehan grabs him and pulls him down because he knows he can hold his breath longer than the other guy because he's trained to be a Navy SEAL. And the guy escapes, goes up for breath one time. Charlie Sheen grabs him and pulls him down again. Another time, pulls him down again until finally he holds him down so long after three breaths that the guy just goes boom and drowns to death in front of Charlie Sheen, lets him go, swims up like a boss. I thought that's where we were going to be at with this. I was like, these guys have trained. This other guy hasn't trained. I just thought he was going to drag him down and like out-breathe him. But instead... He throws a full-on rear naked choke with hooks in and just chokes his ass underneath the water, which I'm also okay with. Yeah. I'm I thought you were going to like that yeah. a lot. Yeah, I'm okay <laughs> with it too. But then his body's down there for what, 10, 10 minutes? 10 minutes. And his son is like, uh, I guess I'll bring him up. And like, I know that he which was Which must still, have taken another 20 minutes, 10 minutes. He was still like, his little leg was still kicking. Also, shout outs to those masks being for just making oxygen. Hours. For hours. Which they, they said they, in the they beginning. They told us it wasn't that long. It doesn't take that long, yeah. yeah. And this kid's had this on all day. And I imagine hours. that now that he's with hanging out with these water people, they don't have replacement ones. No. Yeah. They're going to have to, he's going to have to he's breathe out die. of a seashell. There's <laughs> some sort of conch. <laughs> anyway. You're going to say conch. Uh, also. You motherfucker. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I got it, the conch isn't now. Isn't it absurd that they introduced, they're like, oh, hey, um, this little cool angel wing backpack, it, it makes you breathe. 
Hell yeah. I liked uh, it. I liked it too. It was I liked it too. But like, why did they not use it 100% of the time? Yeah. It's very weird, especially when they're all out there and they're down to clown. Uh-huh. You'd be like, hey, we're going to assault this. <laughs> they're down to clown. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, we're going to assault this big ship. It might be actually pretty beneficial if, if we came just, from below yep, and had the these cool things, like these cool like uh, breathing apparatuses that are these cool jellyfish. Or, hey, my mom and my sister are both trapped in this big thing. Bring two. Yeah. Bring three. I got three. special yeah. powers. Yeah. I got special Bring a third powers. one, right? But Grace has special water power. I assume she was going to be like, yeah, like, like Professor X, like, like, hey, these three little things swim in there and attach yourself to my sister and my mom and save them so I don't have to go in there. But instead, we get another cool scene. It's fine. <laughs> you need They're saved. For the, hair uh, the younger kid's like, you got to trust me, Dad. I, I know how to breathe even though you don't. You're saved. They all come out. The, the older kid died somewhere in between there. I forgot how that kid died, but he died. He got shot as they were, he, he got shot as they were trying to escape for the third time. Well, they were trying to get Spider, which they had already left but they're like no 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 now we don't leave people this we don't time. leave people behind yeah. but uh, then they are on the rock and they're hugging each other and none of them ask about spider they don't really care about spider. and then we cut i'm gonna be honest with you guys and we they cut don't care the about spider. spider well yeah they're well, specifically like, mom doesn't i think that's the yeah. point of this kind He's of like should care. we get him should we not get right. a whole dynamic going on uh spider i think has a great moment though where he does choose to save his dad and that's i thought that was pretty poignant it's incredible like that uh, i think the whole spider bit is just it's I think Minnie Grace cares about Spider. Yeah. She, yeah. Does. she, she wouldn't For let it sure. go. Well, because she feels like an outcast as well, because she's also not a part of the family, right? She's an adopted part of the family as well. So I think they have that bond and that kindred. And then he's like, come with me, son. And he's like. <laughs> 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 uh, so uh, he goes off. Quaridge lives. Uh, they give uh, the older kid a Viking funeral with some roses, and they send him off, <laughs> and he gets re-engulfed back into the uh, the, the, the world. Uh, Jake has <coughs> a moment where he convenes again. Remembers that moment where they fished together, Beautiful. and then Atiri's there as well. She's crying, and you have to imagine yeah. you can't do that too much, or you get lost in it. Similar to the mirror in Harry Potter, where they're like people. What was it that Dumbledore said? Like uh, greater people than you have lost their mind staring yeah. into this mirror. Like I'd be like, once a year we can go talk to the kid, but after that we got to live our life. I feel like it's almost nuts. like being an avatar. He's like, I don't know what the real life is anymore. Exactly. And I'm like I'm just stuck in this mirror world talking to my son. This moment was beautiful. I thought it was um, impeccably acted, and I, it's bringing on the waterworks, man. Uh, and then? This is a crying moment waterworks. for you, Gio. It actually waterworks. wasn't. I had two crying moments. When the son died, sobbed very hard. And then when they all got back together on the family, and they were, like, on the Titanic door thing, and they're all coming together, and they're, like, <laughs> Sully stick together. But yeah, then there was a missing Sully who had died. That, that really got mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Where it was like a missing puzzle piece, which is sort of why I thought it worked to have so many disposable kids. Um, <laughs> and then Jake is like, "Been through a lot together, so they stick together." But the one thing I learned Ooh, is the uh, thing that I should have—that Nick knew twenty minutes into this movie—you can't run from the sky, people, because we already knew that from Avatar One. That's right, Gia, you passed the test. <laughs> and he goes like this, and now we got to take the fight to them. Eyes open. You're like, oh, and then it goes, ah, we're making our stand. The right shape here. of water, which I always, I'm like, ah, shape of water. or whatever is it, the way of water. <laughs> way of water. Right? I, it's always, it's always a, a little bit of a risk ending the movie with the title. And it's like, it's kind of pretentious. We're like, I know. I fucking love they're like, it, dude. They're like, yeah, Cameron, okay. you deserved this it one, okay? Uh, it's James Cameron, so of course he does. And the movie was incredible. And that is the plot of Avatar Shape of Water by Guillermo del Toro. No <laughs> post credit scene. 
but we do get uh, the beautiful just uh, credits on main or whatever with the weekend song playing, which I, <laughs> jury's out. I, I don't want to no, say I hate it, but I bad. love it. What? The song's fine. It's the use of the song where you're like, hi, why do we? This whole movie was such an enclosed experience that bringing a pop song into it seems so fucking it was orchestral. Out. There was a lot of elements. It felt like it was all of the auto tune. I felt like made sense with the music that we got throughout the movie. I love the visuals of this. Seeing uh, the the like water area, like all of it, like seeing the whales and everything. I thought they did a really good job of being like, yeah, here's your, here's the little victory lap of how dope this fucking movie looked. Have fun. But yeah, no post credits. Which didn't need because like they were the post credit teases were like embedded throughout this movie right. entirely. I just need like a two hour B roll shot of like in three D existing underwater. It should, it just all the sea creatures they created looked amazing. Oh, it was incredible. Hey, you know what it reminded me a lot of is like is I think Tim talked about it, but it was like that 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 four K or eight K footage you see when you walk into a Best Buy of like. David Attenborough yeah, right. being like, yeah. was it you, Andy? He tried, though. He knew he, knew he was, he was <laughs> That was fucking three there. hours and eight soundboards ago, man. Give me a break, for Christ's sake. We've, we've been at it for a while. Plus, I saw a three-and-a-half-hour movie, and Andy gets eight quarters of the way through his popcorn, and he goes, you want some of this? And I look at it, and it's like three kernels, to which I went like this, and I just wiped my finger around the room. But how does that affect that. you getting this wrong? <laughs> I'm tired. That's what I'm talking about. I did forget the part of the movie where we were sitting behind Andy and Nick, and Andy just like shoots his hand up with a bag of nerds clusters and waves it around. I was like, what? And I assume that was you <laughs> asking like Kevin, us if I we like wanted to. I was going to grab it. I also I, want, I thought, I also I want to bring it. to attention the shade that, a- that Kevin and Joey threw at me and Andy for not saving them a seat. Yeah, it's fucked Despite up. the fact that there were two empty seats that we were saving for them right next to us. No, there wasn't. But there, there was, was 100% two seats were. There right was, next to us. Right next to us. There was also I, there there six of us. Everywhere. Yeah. But there's six of us. Yeah, no, no, no. Didn't well, here's what happened. Together. Because Andy didn't save all six of us seats. He just sat down in the middle and people sat around him. Hey, it's a screener. There was plenty of seats. But Joey and, and Kevin come in and they go like this. Ah, they didn't even save us seats. And then Joey goes, and I hear Joey whisper, do you want to sit in this row? And Kevin goes, no, I don't want to sit in that fucking <laughs> row. I want to sit one row up. That's where the better sound is. So they sit up there. And then as they sit down, they're like, didn't even save us seats. <laughs> and then, yeah. and meanwhile, they well, are sitting right behind right the behind two us. empty seats yes. that are next to us. Right behind Andy, the two empty seats. Listen, Andy. if we're not all going to sit together, then we have to, we have to be apart. Well, works. because like, here's the thing. You go to these screeners and there's always like several people going alone, right? So there's yeah, one dude right in the middle. The row above that, one dude right in the middle. I'm like, man, the, the, all the middle perfect spot Take to take it. in. Little dudes. I'm going to sit kind of next to this dude, but this seat next to me has like butter on the chair. Hopefully Nick cleans that when he comes, and he sure did. I did. Good job. And I yeah. cleaned it because I was like, if I sit here, then we'll have the two empty seats over there because I am a great friend slash yeah. coworker. And I scrubbed that thing too yeah. to the point where the guy next to me was like, you got to stop doing that, man. That's fucking weird. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the guy was like, you got to give me the side eye. Like, what the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> Anyway, uh, that is Avatar, that is the way of water. So, Andy, let's what? get to it. Ragu Bagu. Oh, we're doing that. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Hold, hold on. One sec. One sec. Here we go. Oh, Are we doing the thing we do in every show? I don't know. Hold on. <laughs> Wig it out with fucking Andy. Oh, uh, hold on. oh um, wrong button. Wrong button. One sec. I'm not getting any sound, Kevin. Joey Siget. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Rad Guys Talk oh, Bad Guys guy. 4 Avatar in review. That's right. Top on the list, Quaritch and Giovanna Rabisi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where do we want to put Quaritch and I'm Edie Falco? <laughs> Or do we put the guy missing an arm and bad Jermaine Clement? They bring Clement. it down. They definitely bring they, This is too. Yeah. I also just don't, th- well, I don't know. Here's my argument for it. Porch, much more well-rounded character in this. Deeper. Has conflict. 
shows that conflict well. We feel it. When he lets his son go, I was like, oh, fuck. I didn't know he was going to do that. I think that's kind of cool. I think it's kind of cool as well. I don't well. think it's enough. I <laughs> no, don't think it's definitely enough. Definitely not. Like, I, I don't think that the other elements drag it down enough for me, but I think comparing Stephen Lang in the first movie, who is just a bad guy, to this where they try to make him sympathetic, and I think he's an okay sympathetic bad guy. I don't think he's like Thanos. I don't think he's Killmonger. I don't think he's like that. So it's like I, I'd go number one over two. Joey? I think it's number two fairly easily. This one is less good. Number two. There it is. There All right. Go. Yeah. Welcome back to Ragu Bagu, guys. <laughs> if you're just joining us, we just ranked the Avatar 2 at number two for the bad guys in the series. And there you go. There we go. Now it's time to rank Avatar the way of water. Do we put it above or below Avatar 1? I'll, I'll start this one off. I, I said it at the, the top, but I I think that Avatar 1 uh, is, is personally uh, my preferred movie. Um, having said that, I can't wait to watch this at least two more times. I wouldn't be surprised if it's more. Loved this movie. Had such a great time with it. Can't wait for this to to get more of these movies and for them to complete the vision that they've been uh, building here. And I think they did a great job uh, making this a standalone movie, making this a sequel, and making this the start of something new and special. Um, could not recommend it higher <coughs> as a theatrical experience. So I would vote number one. This one's tough for me. I think I enjoy... Part one more just because I think it's stories a little bit better told. And um, I feel like there isn't a whole lot of fat to be cut on part one. But I think I enjoyed Jake Sully more here in part two. And I enjoy the visuals a lot more, obviously. Um, that just comes with better technology. But goddamn, this is just like an experience I will never forget. Um, I would put this above part one. Joey Noel. I'm also putting this above part one. Um, I think my biggest gripes with or with part one are the fact that I don't really care about any of the main characters. And they do such a good job about making me care about these kids. And I think the performances were much better. I think it's like a fun group of kids. Even like the Water Tribe's daughter I really liked and stuff like that. And the brothers less so because they're not really in it as much. You think Michelle part. Rodriguez comes back for part three? I was bummed. I was bummed. Fruity. Um, but because of all of that, that addressed most of my issues with part one. So I think that i vote part two is better Peace-keys. same yeah part two is better it's hard because it's just such a spectacle that it's hard to bring myself back mm, a right. decade and be in you know 10 year younger shoes watching part one but this was just so impressive like i'm so impressed and definitely having watched them back to back this one i was more captivated and, and impressed uh real quick i will say speaking of the spectacle this movie's a fucking spectacle but there was no moment in this one that made me go, oh, fuck, the way that the opening long shot of the first one mm -hmm. did, where you like, he's coming out of cryosleep, cryosleep, yep. and seeing the little like uh, jellyfish thing like come. Like, those moments in the first one were like, I am on another world right now. Um, and the gathering of the clans moment, I, I don't think this movie has any moment that hype and that cool. But Nick, what about you? Uh, I would disagree with all of you, unfortunately. I think this movie is a great spectacle, but it's unfortunately more for me like a great tech demo than it is a good piece of storytelling. I think Avatar 1 did it better. I think there, there, there are way too many, too many elements in this, including the, the amber goo that we're all <laughs> after and the, the, the face-off between literally the same two characters we had in the other movie. It just feels like we're, we're rehashing and reusing a lot of plot elements that, unfortunately, given the movie's three-hour and 12-minute runtime, just bogs the thing down, and I got bored halfway through it. Whereas I, I think... The, spectac the spectacleness of it is fantastic, and I do stand by the fact that everyone should go out and see this. It's incredible. But 
it, I left with the same feeling of that was a cool piece of technology that I just watched for two hours that I did with the first Avatar. I remember leaving the first Avatar being like, that was really awesome, right? It's a lot of cool, really 3D. Never want to watch it again. And I bet if I watch that in 1080p on my TV screen, it's going to be a lesser of an experience. And I, I bet this is going to be a lesser of an experience too when I go back and watch it a year from now or two years from now when Avatar 3 comes out. So I would put this at number two. I, I would have been, I, I wish I didn't hear or read any reviews going into it because it i really got the uh idea that this movie has all of the tech and amazing sort of blockbuster high budget movie stuff that part one had back in the day but with a lot more substance to the story and i was just pretty let down by a lot of the storytelling uh in this movie so i would if i had not read any reviews i would have gotten thinking we're gonna get the same shallow story and i probably would have liked the movie a lot more for it that being said i still gave it a four out of five it's like I think you have to see this in a theater. Like, if you have two functional eyes, maybe one. No, 3D. Mm. Mm. Two. Mm. two functional eyes. Yeah. Mm. Amazing movie. That's it. The reviews are out, everybody. Uh, but the ranking here uh, goes, me and Nick say Avatar 1 is better than 2, but everyone else says Avatar 2 is better than 1. And therefore, Avatar, the way of water, is number 1, and Avatar is number 2. We will return in two years for Avatar 3. Um I forget, there was like a leaked name that they were going for, but I don't remember what it is anymore. Let us know in the comments below uh, what you think Avatar 3 should be called. Brain, you, Nick, do you have a suggestion? Yellow brain. Oh, I was going to say, what, what time should we come back in two years? Do, uh, oh. Same time. Same time. Noon? Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, cool. Noon? Same day, same time. Put on the calendar. Fantastic. Love I might to be busy that. that day. Let us know in the comments what you think of Avatar, The Way of Water. And remember, we're going to be taking the next two weeks off for the holidays, so we will return in January 2023. The plan right now is for Knives Out 1 and 2 to be the first in reviews back. That might change. Stay tuned to Twitter.com slash KindOfFunnyVids for more up-to-date information. But until next time, we see you. We see you. We see you. <laughs>